Hi, everybody. Welcome to Journey Through with Jeffrey Paoletta. I will be your host throughout this show. Uh, I'm really glad you've made it, uh, however you got here, and I think you're going to love this. Um, first off, I just want to give kind of a brief description of the show. Uh, what it's going to be is going to be a long-form podcast, and what I'm trying to have really are just real uh, conversations throughout this show. Intimate, honest, and real. If that criteria is met, I will be satisfied with the episode. Uh, I'm not going to say we're not going to get lost in the weeds once in a while or off topic, even though there's really not such thing as being off topic with this show because they're kind of based on you know where the conversation goes and and uh, what what arises. Um, but I'm going to try to keep it on topics that I think the majority of people would like to hear. Um, this episode, this first one does kind of get a little bit awkward to start out with. I was a little nervous, I guess, obviously. Uh, but we do settle in as we get in. Um, and with this first episode, I had a conversation with my friend Danny Maluli. He's an educator, uh, musician, and an all-around introspective and open guy. And I was honored to have him as my first guest. And we had a really wonderful time. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Danny Maluli. Enjoy, guys. Are we live? We're live. We're live. Wow. <laughs> How exciting. Yeah. No, this is cool. This is cool. Hi, Danny. Hi, Jeff. Um, wow. Yeah. I'm, uh... Well, let me say it first. I'm excited that you're starting a show. Thank you. I'm, I'm... I like the inquisitive nature that you have got, you've got going on and, you know, like you're always seeking new things. And so I know the conversations you're going to have on the show are going to be a blast. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for telling me that. Um, <laughs> thanks for telling yeah, me that. For That's sure, what I got. For sure. Um, so, Danny, I appreciate you coming in. You helped me out a bunch just with these little, all yeah. these little knickknacks. When you don't know yeah. what you're doing at all, it's very intimidating to start anything. Yeah, totally. Well, so like I remember, like just just anything with recording, anything with technical stuff. Like you know, it starts with, I know with me, it started with like getting a MacBook when I was just graduating high school and like getting into music I, I had like a macbook pro from like 2009 and it was like you learn garage band and then it's you have an idea you're like what if i set this up here and what if i set this up so you know a lot of this stuff is stuff that i have known for i guess like a little while now yeah and, you know it's it's not perfect you know but you, you get a mixing board and all that stuff so sure but it's, but it's cool it's also fun like when it when you plug it in and it works yeah and you're like we did this yeah like we got it it's so. like oh Learn yeah. a little something new. And it's not its not really all that complicating. No. It really isn't. Um, you start breaking out, okay, you got the strips, that's that connected to that, mm -hmm. okay, it's not. Yeah. It's just when you look at it as an overall picture, yeah. it looks messy. Right. It looks fuzzy. Well, because, you know, you're told, like, oh, this is technical, oh, this is hard, yeah. like, there's a reason why professionals did this, and, and the, you know, there was, like, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about, like, gatekeeping, mm. and, like, there's no gatekeeping anymore. Yeah. Like, you get... You know, some mics, you get, a, you don't even need a soundboard, you know, you've got one and it's great, but yeah, you just go for it. So, but I'm, I'm excited, man. Like you got a show, you're, you're going for it. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. We're in it. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming down, setting this up. Um, so I want kind of, I kind of want to get into a subject with you because I know you are in education. Yes. And when I look at what's going on with just, 
when I see about the kids that are growing up in the technolo- technological age we're living in, mm-hmm. I think they're facing a lot of hurdles. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we struggle with our own addiction to technology. So I look at them and say, where do they stand a chance, in a sense, when it comes to breaking away? and um, From does, technology? Does that, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, so <clears throat> my the way I look at technology right now in education and just with students in general, like, so let's, let's, let's separate technology from education for a second. Okay. And let's just talk about teenagers and technology. Okay. Right, like the big... The big thing that I think a lot of teachers, and I'm not saying most, I'm not saying all, like, but a lot of teachers, that's the question is like, how do we, how do we get them to interact? How do we get them to interface with people? How do we separate them from the phone? And, and that's their like level of social interaction. Um, but the real thing that we have to kind of address is like teachers or as a society is that that's their mode of communication and socialization, right? So think about millennials, right? Because we're like you know, just straight up millennials. That's, we were born, both born 91. Yeah. Okay. We're 29 yeah. approaching our thirties. What does socialization look like to us? Right. Like, yeah. so like, let me ask you that. Like, how do you, what's your me- main method of socialization right now? Like, how are we socializing? Through phone. Through phone. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. yeah. But we, we didn't, we didn't always have that. So it's kind of like we were able to bridge a gap mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you didn't have access right. to everybody at all times. Yeah. So, but, and they're growing up with just that. So are they missing a huge chunk where it's kind of like, do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And that's, that's where like, okay, so, you know, and I'm not even playing devil's advocate here. Like these are just like, this is the way I look at it. So yeah, we as millennials, right. We, what did we do when we wanted to hang out with a friend? Well, if they live close, we walked up like heart beating, like (laughs) to the door, (laughs) we knocked on the door and we hoped it was the parent that we knew and not like the dad that we don't. <laughs> the parent or, we liked. Right? And then, you know, because it's like you walk up and knock on the door and it's like if it's the mom and you've seen the mom, you're like, hi, yeah. can, you know, Ryan play? And then, you know, they're like, no, he's doing homework or, yeah, let me see, Ryan, right? And then, like, yeah. you know, if Ryan doesn't want to hang out, then there's nothing he can do. Like, I'm here, right? So, but, and then sometimes it's the dad and then you're like, I've never seen this man before. He's usually life. at work. And you're like, uh, is this... Uh, uh, is this Ryan's house, right? So, uh. <laughs> so we grew up with this like challenging, and this is something we can talk about later. But like, those, those I think are important stress. Like that's like low stakes stress. It's good to go through that. Yeah, it's like, good. It's good. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, so w- when we look back at how we socialized, right? It was going up to the to the door, or it was calling up, you know, and it's like, is this Ryan's house, right? Yeah. And then it's like. Yeah, uh, can he get, uh, um, oh, yeah, I, I don't know, right? And so that's what we look at socialization. And, you know, we spent more time interfacing with each other, right? Like I skateboarded when I was a kid. And that's yeah. what I, like, you know, so it would be like a group of four of us and we'd skateboard terribly. Um, we'd put wax on, on, you know, curbs and pretend that we could grind. And then, you know, and then you're in school and all you have is yourself and the people around you and that's how you talk and that's how you communicate. Okay, so then fast forward to like we're freshmen in high school, 14, 15. Mm. That's, I think, the turning point for a lot of us to when we got phones, right? Yeah, when, I would when agree was your first phone? About that, fresh, freshman? Yeah. Freshman year, but you know, and they were simple phones. Obviously, they were yeah. simple phones. Nokia it was like T9, you know, yeah. Nokia. Yeah. Is that the phone everyone had? Yeah, of course. <laughs> no of course. That's right. like the phone that like, oh, you signed up for a wireless plan, I see. 
here you go. Yeah. I mean, I think I was in eighth grade when I got my first little Nokia brick, and I think I jumped in a pool with it like three separate times. Oh. So like, I had to even memorize phone numbers. So like, I, you know, the that's a lo- what talk about a lost art. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm so ter- like, I'm so terrible at memorizing phone numbers now. I think I have like my my mom's phone, and then my dad's. Even my fiance, I don't have her phone number memorized, and people are like, "You're terrible." terrible human being no. and even my fiance is like how do you not how do you not have my phone number do you feel guilty about that do you think no. maybe i should put a little I d- effort no i no. don't at okay. all it it's you know like maybe i should but i don't know Here, here's the deal my phone number is so easy because it's just constant fives and nice. sevens nice. like wow no one Very you nice. hear my phone number one time you're gonna memorize it nice. it's uh no yeah yeah put that hey yeah. hey uh um yeah that's that's what i want is like students and parents <laughs> calling me <laughs> Uh, yeah, but okay. So like, I, you know, I'm tangenting so hard here, but, it's okay. but the Let's idea tangent. is like, okay, we, we learned that face to face interaction. We learned the home phone interaction. Yeah. We learned the knock on the door interaction. Risky. How many high school kids do you think right now have ever gone up unknowingly whether their friend is like available or not to knock on the door high and school? see if they were not yeah, right no, no, or like 1%. If they were even in elementary school, they're not doing that. Right. Because what what did they have? Hey, mom, can you call so and so? Or um, they had iPod. Remember the iPod touches? Yeah. And they all put like messaging apps on there. So, I mean, yeah. these kids were texting each other when they were eight and nine. Yeah. All right. So, like, let's take my my students, which are like 16, 17. OK. But the point I'm trying to make is that, OK, for millennials, we had face to face interaction. We had AOL instant messenger in the sweet years of like sixth grade, seventh grade. We get a phone, and I didn't even have texting until my sophomore year, and even then it was like 200 texts. Mm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's funny how you used to only have... I know. Now it's like not you don't even think about no, that. No. By the way, we're like dating ourselves so much. Like, yeah. we're 29. We're still young. I know like, we're still but young. it feels like... I like to feel older, sure. though. You know what I mean? I like to be like, yeah. oh, I'm older. But well, it's because really, that's the dream when you're younger, yeah, right? You want to be older. older, then when you get older, you want to be younger. Yeah, when you're. it's because responsibility is like, yeah. you know the weight yeah all right so but all right so we, we we had our cell phone age then we had our smartphone age right and now we're we, i mean we're immersed like the difference between how millennials interface with technology and gen z not very different we have access to the same things we mm. can like a gen z person is going to spend more time on tiktok than a millennial yeah I, in my opinion yeah i, I don't think, i think you're right i mean i you know i didn't even really get into vine so you know i didn't either no i never jumped on it looked yeah. fun it looked cool but i never was like oh let me make an yeah. account and like have a it, it feels like just inside jokes taken to a like crazy level yeah where it's just like i don't know what anyway. killed vine instagram no it, lack of nothing ads. nothing lack of ads. It, it oh. didn't monetize oh that's where we're making yeah. no money vine was like hey we got this great platform and then People are like, that's great. Yeah. And they loved it. And there was no ads. There's For like two ads. months, everyone was talking about it. And yeah. then it just went away. Yeah. I mean, it's like Yik Yak. Remember that thing? I do. That's not around anymore. It's not around. Oh, I didn't know. You can that. monetize it. Okay. All right. So so we go back to the question. Yeah. You know, like, how do we... So what's, what's the deal? So now you've got these Gen Z. And Gen Z has been tied to technology for a very long time. A lot of my high school kids, when they were nine... Let's say, let's say when they were 12, right? They had an iPad in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. They had an iPod Touch before then, mm-hmm. okay? They've been dealing with apps. They're the legitimate kid that came up to you and were like, do you have any games on your phone? That's, 
that's the generation. Yeah. But how did they start communicating with each other? Uh, they weren't calling each other on the phone. They were texting. Yeah. They were messaging each other. Like, imagine if we just started at AOL Instant Messenger. We skipped the phone conversation. The, all of that. We skipped the walk up to the door. So the real question isn't like, how do we separate them from technology? It's actually more like, how do we accept the fact that that's how they socialize? And we need to bring education through that I, medium. I get what you're saying, but a part of me almost looks back on those days when we had to go knock at the mm -hmm. door. We had to, you know, yeah. call and not really, you weren't really sure yeah. if they were going to be there, who was going to answer. It's like, right. that I, I don't know if I'm looking back on that with just like rose colored glasses, sure. but f to, to me, that seems right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That seems like yeah. a very natural way to go about life. That's how it's been done for the last, I don't know, 10,000 years or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, it's because it's challenging, right? Okay. So, um, one of the things I would suggest is that Okay, millennials deal with a lot of stress and anxiety and oh. mental health issues and things like that. But Gen Z, man, I think you up it even more. I would agree with okay. you. Definitely. And one of the reasons, and, and I am not, like this is, I got my degree in English. And yeah. I got my master's in curriculum and instruction. I took a couple of psychology classes. This is totally not, an opinion. We're here. not doctors. Yeah, I'm, I'm an <laughs> idiot when it comes to this, okay? But I think there is something to be said about... Um, okay, so there's a there's a concept, and this is this is coming from a book that I think was like really important um, to understanding some of this. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind. Yeah, Jonathan Haidt, Greg Lukianoff, and they discuss this concept of anti fragility. Mm -hmm. Okay, which is like um, there are certain things that are fragile. Okay, like an egg is pretty fragile. You drop an egg, it's gonna break. You tap on an egg too hard, it will break. Okay. Mm. Um, you can't make an eggshell stronger. I mean, I guess, you, you know, but you, you, there's nothing that you can do to say like, all right, that eggshell, if I throw it up against a wall, I did something to it and it's not gonna break. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if you had glue or something, I don't know. It might be a bad example to use an egg. All right, but there are things where if you, te uh, if you test them and you um, throw challenges their way, they get stronger. Yeah. Our immune system, okay? Take somebody that's in a bubble their entire life and then expose them to the world. Okay, disease, illness, like they'll, they'll get sick. They're done. They haven't built up yeah. an immune system, right? Okay, um, kids can be considered to, to be what's called like anti-fragile, all right? Something where as long as they are not pushed to their breaking point, right? And, and like, I don't wanna suggest that you should be like finding that breaking point. Of course. It's just saying like when you test a kid, and when you when you have them go through certain stresses, they actually get stronger. They they improve. So I'll give you an example. When I was a kid, like around seven or eight, if if the family was like, "Hey, we're gonna do pizza night," I'm like, "Yes, I love pizza. This is great." Uh, they'd be like, uh, "Daniel," because that's what I go by at home. Mm -hmm. Like Daniel, you have to uh, you have to call the pizza place. Ooh. I'm eight years old. Yeah. That's eight years old. What do I do? I don't know these people. You know, I'd always be like, uh, I shouldn't be talking to strangers. <laughs> I'd be like, that's not gonna work. Like, okay, but that's stress. But is it low stakes stress? Yeah. yeah. So low stakes. Okay, but okay, all right. Hey, we're at the grocery store. Give the money to the cashier. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, all right. High stress for an eight year old. Yeah. High low st stress in real exactly. world. All right, uh, you want to go see if your buddy wants to go play? All right, walk up to his door. Mm -hmm. Ask the mom. Mm. Okay, so um, 
these are like low stakes stress, right? This is low stakes, um, you know, nothing's, I'm not gonna die from that, right? But I, I feel like one difference between Gen Z and millennials and definitely Gen X and, and definitely baby boomers is that, uh, you know, things are a little bit easier. Um, maybe they haven't been put through as much. Maybe they've been protected by more. Maybe their parents have, you know, uh, coddled them a little bit too much. All right. And that's what leads to a lot of stress. And, and, and I'm, I'll tell you, my, my classrooms are full of kids with high anxiety. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they're going to be really uncomfortable reading in front of the class. And that's natural. But I'm talking like mortified. <clears throat> um, stepping in front of the class and speaking. Yeah, being scared about that is very natural, but I'm talking about mortified. And we might have felt that way, but at the end of it, we, we probably had to do it. Um, if you look at uh, you know certain accommodations on 504s or, um, or IEPs, these are things for you know students with learning disabilities uh, or students that you know need accommodations to help them. There are some accommodations that say, say like, um, do not call on this kid to present in front of the class. Mm -hmm. Always allow this child to present to you personally, right? Or don't call on a kid unless they raise their hand. All right, I get it, and I'm gonna follow that. I'm not somebody who reads that and I'm like, oh, I know what's best. Yeah. No, I'm gonna follow that plan because legally I have to. Sure. But on top of that, you know, at this point, yeah, that's that's in place for that student to succeed. But it could also, and again, this isn't. You know, I, did, I didn't get my degree in special education. You know, I didn't get my degree in psychology. Um, but these are things where I, I, I ask myself, like, how long has that accommodation been in place? Sure. What if that has been in there since the fifth grade or the sixth grade? And again, I could be an idiot, and that might not even be an accommodation you can put in elementary school. But what if no, it you're, is? You're on the right path. I know where you you're know. going. Yeah. I see where you're going. It's like we gotta test them a little bit. If you don't mm. ever test them, and so they've never been tested, right. how what, how are we expecting them to get out into the real world? And that's the goal sure. of an educator, right? You want to set yeah. them up for the most success. Mm -hmm. So when they're out of your care, yeah. they go into the world and they flourish. Whether they go to college, yeah. whether they don't, whatever. Yeah. So you putting these um, kind of like artificial barriers on them to not test them at all in this very mm -hmm. safe environment, which yeah. is, school should be safe, right? Yeah, yeah. Should be a safe That's environment the where they can try out yeah. new things, they're trying to figure out who they are, we're all trying to figure out who we are, yeah. but school should be set up for them. So putting those artificial barriers on them doesn't even allow them the chance to overcome that obstacle that they've been facing, maybe since they were a kid or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and and what I would say is you you, you now gotta suggest, you gotta, you gotta ask the question, okay, are they artificial barriers or were the barriers already there? because of the like the psyche of the student you know because of what the kid's going through because um again it's to play devil's advocate yeah it's to say like all right you know what those accommodations you got to always assume those accommodations are there to help the student the idea of the accommodation is to make sure that all right we're on like more of an even playing field like this concept of like equity right like sure. not equality but equity you know hey uh this kid make sure that you know when they take this test they they have like an audio version right it's not going to make it easier for them but it's going to put them on a on a different playing field so yeah the the question is you know do the accommodations help uh in some ways and then hurt in others i think you could make the argument um that you know certain accommodations could potentially hurt a student but again that's never up for the teacher to decide sure. um, and you have specifically diagnosticians to do that so you know to me uh, 
you I, know, if it's my kid and I see they're struggling with social anxiety, um, you know, if a diagnostician says, like, I really think that we should limit how much stress your kid goes through in class, I really think that we should do an accommodation where the teacher, you know, shouldn't call on them without raising their hand. Maybe my first reaction to that is to have a conversation with the teacher and say, hey, you know, clearly my kid is struggling in your class and clearly they are feeling uncomfortable speaking. Um, what are some solutions we can come to where we can build uh, the capacity for my kid to maybe volunteer to talk, but I also want you to maybe give them some low risk yeah. opportunities, like give them some softballs. Right? Have them like, go up and like knock on the door and ask if the kid is is there. That's yeah, like setting yeah. up those. Yeah. So, but then that also puts something on me as the parent too. Yeah. And I don't have a kid. This is where yeah. it's like yeah. you know, perfect world, right? Of like, course. oh, I'm gonna be the best parent. Oh, uh, of course. So good. My kid's gonna be great. <laughs> they yeah. might be like the biggest might, jerk. Ever. Yeah. They I might. Don't know. You don't know. They might. End Probably up like, not though. You're a nice you know, guy. I mean, we'll they see. wouldn't. We'll I mean, see. right? But but it but it does put some some. Um, it puts some pressure on the parents. What about say. talking with the child? What about pulling them aside and saying, hey, look, I, I noticed mm -hmm. that you had this thing, and I know, right. I know you're nervous about yeah. raising your hand. Yeah. What are you nervous about? <clears throat> Why are you nervous? Sure. How can we work through this? Look, I'm right. trying to set you up for future success. Yeah. I'm not going to be here with you forever. The school's not going to be here with right. you forever. You're going to eventually move out into the real world. And, and then now, what, right now, all the kids hearing is, oh, shoot, college is coming up. Don't worry. And I would, now they're, and, and that's, wah, wah, wah. they now can do Charlie that. But I said, I'm not right? even talking. College is not sure. real anyways. College is its own little artificial yeah. nest yeah. that everyone falls in sure. after high school because it's comfortable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's got um, its own little ecosystem yeah. and norms and conventions. Sure. So I'm talking about yeah. setting that child up right. for the next yeah. 70 years of its life and so, going, look, why are you so nervous about this? How can I help you? Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you think you could do yeah. that we could kind of start chipping away at this fear? Because yeah. I want you to be successful in this life. Yeah, and and think, to be successful, you need to speak in front, of the, front sure. of the class. I think the key thing that you said there is like, what can I do? Right? Like, how can we, how can we do Together, this? Together, right? mutual. Because there's a certain level of what's appropriate to ask a kid, right? Yeah. Because what if the reason that they're really nervous in class is because something traumatic happened to them, right? And then it's sure. not our job as teachers to dive in and be sure. therapists, right? There's that fine line, and that's that's the really difficult part. But yeah, asking them like, hey, you know what? Um, you know, if you're nervous to talk in class, what are things that I can do yeah. to help you, right? Um, is there any is there anything in my classroom that's giving you stress that we can yeah. maybe change or adjust? You know. Um, would you like it if I, is there a, a cue you you could give me, like a subtle cue yeah. to say like, hey, I'm, I'm good, but I don't want to raise my hand. Yeah. And and I've actually done this, um, you know, last year I had a kid uh, who, was, who was very much like that, had that specific accommodation. And uh, yeah, that's the conversations you have. You say, you know, you, you, and then you talk to the parents and that's the big thing is like, I talked with that student's parents and said, hey, this kid is, um, you know, your child is, is doing well in my class. I would like to see this. I would like to see that. What can we do? What can we work on together? And so it's very much like, you know, it's the idea of the education community. Mm -hmm. And that community involves the student. It involves the parents. It involves administration. Like, everything comes together. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. But, you know, there's no denying. I mean, these kids, they're dealing with stress. They're dealing with issues. Um, and and we, we just got to assume that, you know, hey, they're they're there to learn. Let's give them the best environment 
to do that. Sure. Um, could you say that some of their stress is attributed to um, just like the almost bread trail of information that follows them through social media? It's you know when we were kids sure. and you moved schools. Yeah. It's pretty much like you didn't exist. Right. <laughs> After you left that old school, you were gone, and once that new school, you had no information. You could kind of like refresh and uh-huh. restart yourself continually. <clears throat> now it's like. I don't know. They, I, and see, I don't know how this is because I'm not in the school system. Yeah. But did, well, you're you know, not even really on social media. I'm not even really that much on social media. So does that follow them to where they try to say they go to a new school or maybe they mm-hmm. had a bad time with their old one? Yeah. They're going to a new school. You know, maybe they had a lot of uh, crap in the past. Will those old kids from the old school follow them in a sense of social media? And like maybe if they're continually getting harassed yeah. and then anything they try to do, it's like they're being followed by yeah. this digital path. I think that's very possible. And I think that does happen. Right. Cyberbullying is like one of the things that we as teachers have a really hard time seeing because you don't want your teacher. Look, you don't want teachers looking up kids social media to see what are the interactions that they're having. You know, because you, you really you don't want teachers looking up kids social media anyway. It no. just feels weird. It and feels weird. So, you know, the kids are really the like the ones that hold on to that burden. Mm. And they're the ones that, you know, either open themselves up to it or close themselves off to it. But there's there's benefits and there's negatives to, to both. All right. Let's say you close yourself off from social media. OK, well, you're a 15 or 16 year old kid and you've closed yourself off to social media. How are you talking with kids? Yeah, that's not going to, that doesn't seem the correct solution. Yeah. And then you've got the thing where it's like, okay, um, you're being, let's say you're being cyber bullied. You've switched schools because of all of the pressure that you've had from other kids and, and abuse and things like that from other kids. Okay. Yeah. You could block them and things like that. Um, but some of them don't, Mm -hmm. you know, some of them feel trapped by this like if I'm if I block them I'm running away and I don't want to be seen as being as running away there's so much that goes on God, I feel bad for these kids I really do yeah I think it seems so complex I think the most I think the the hardest thing um, that we were talking a little bit about this yesterday the the hardest thing that kids deal with now is like the fear of missing out right Mm -hmm. FOMO Mm -hmm. and we had a little bit of that in the MySpace or not well MySpace and Facebook but like you know when we were in high school, let's say we were seniors in high school, no one is taking a picture on their phone and uploading it immediately to Facebook. No one's Snapchatting. That didn't exist when we were in high school. No. Okay, so if there was a party or a hangout and we weren't invited, we at least had to wait a day to yeah, see Yeah, and it. you kind of found out about it on Monday. Yeah. When you went to school and sure. they're like, did you go to John's party? And you're like, And then you would yeah. feel that like, oh, man, I wish I had. Oh, well. But then you're here. You're already yeah. at school. And you up. might dwell on it. But sure. imagine you're sitting at home and you're like super bored. And maybe you texted a friend and you're like, hey, what's what's going on? What are you up to? Mm. And then you check their Snapchat story. Ooh. And it, it just updated like two minutes ago. And they're hanging out and they're having a good time with their friends. And you're not there. And you weren't invited. And now you're sitting there. And you keep looking at Snapchat and you keep seeing it updating and you see your friends that also went there. And it's like, what is that feeling like? What is that feeling as a high? Like, I honestly can't even imagine my high school self take that all that ball of insecurity. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. So we. Right. I'm so glad you said that because that's because it's easy for us to look and go like, why? Yeah, just don't don't worry about it, kid. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. It gets better, right? It gets better. You're going to get comfortable in yourself, but, like, in that moment with that ball of insecurity. Right. Like, okay, we know who we are, and we're still figuring it out on the way. Yeah. Okay, but we know that if somebody doesn't like us at this age, we're like, okay. Yeah. 
you know, unless it's like your boss and you're like, okay, sure, I do want my, <laughs> I do want my boss to. Sure. Um, but yeah, if if it's a peer, like even if it's a friend that we've known for a while, there comes a point where you're like, I don't care if they didn't invite me to this thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're 15 and 16 and your entire self yeah. is like, am I liked? Am I disliked? Mm-hmm. Am I coming off as annoying? Did I say a good story there? I mean, so, you know, I call Gen Z the broadcast generation. Mm-hmm. Every kid feels the pressure of, I got to create, I got to experience, I got to be a part of, right? And there's obviously exceptions. There's going to be introverts all the time. Sure. Okay. But, but what if you're 16 and like two of your friends had TikToks that got thousands of views? Yeah. And you're like, I want that. And now you're feeling this pressure. You're like, I need to come up with an idea. I need to come up with a video. You shoot, you shoot a video and then like it sucks 10 views <laughs> and you have like, damn it. I suck. I know you're just then, well, like, then you spiral. Then you're spiraling sure. down this hole. You didn't get invited to the party. Yeah. Your friends have these TikToks. They seem so funny. I know. You're not funny. Why are right. you not funny? Oh, uh, your friend is in a summer home. Why do you not have a summer home? Are you poor? You know what I mean? Oh like, my gosh, God. all this Talk about pressure. just the spiral. I know. That could form from this. And little do you know that your friend's parents are like in massive debt, you know, but they're not going to see that. No, of course you know? not. And then you you're, oh, your friend, look how beautiful they are, right? Like, well, well, oh, like, oh, Then amazing. you find out your friend yeah. has the same problems you do, and yeah. they think the same things about themselves. Yeah. That's a really comforting thing. Right. Once you, start, you, you once learn you get, that but later, that, though. I know. I'm looking at it from an yeah. old, older. Right. We, I, we learned this through our 20s. Yes. Um, you don't know this when you're 16. You don't know, like, no. oh, we all deal with insecurities. We all have issues. We're all going right. through this journey that we have no idea what we're doing together. Right. But at 16... You're not. Yes, you're thinking. No. I didn't go to the party. I'm not funny. I, no girls. I, to- I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, right. You know, just right. Re- yeah. I'm not this. You I'm know, and it's not, not that they're self-centered. I mean, no. that's literally like it's that's like the definition condition. of being a teen is yeah. like you, right? Yeah. Is my hair good? Is my you know? And like I still think about that. You know, I'm just like because my hair looks disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so long. It's beautiful. Oh, I mean, Felicia, <laughs> my fiance, hates it. She's just like that's gotta go. One time I pulled it back. Like, I just pulled my oh, hair wow. back in, into this, like, almost Steven Seagal. Like, yeah. Like, and she was just like, okay, I need to not look at you for, like, an hour. Yeah, I need to okay. uh, wash this Whatever memory. that image was. You know, and so, yeah. And, I mean, I remember being in high school and the things that bo- – I remember looking at – this is the, so dumb. But I remember being, like, 17 and I was in football. I was in the best shape of my life, but I was skinny. Like, I was a skinny dude. You know, I was one of those kids who was like, I can't, I, every time I eat as much as I can mm. and I never gain a pound yeah. and how much I wish I could just go back to that kid and be like, stop. Yeah. You're like, you're like, please. You're good. like you're, well, not even that. It's like, stop developing this appetite. That's going to continue. Oh, you're saying your because, whole you, life. cause you continue to eat. Cause you're like, I don't gain anything. Yeah. I remember being like an, a senior in high school and I was like, watch me eat two Chipotle burritos. And people are like, whoa, that's crazy. And then my stomach's like, I guess we're just going to expand. And like, you know, and now I'm like, I can't, you know, I've got my struggles. Right? We all have our yeah. struggles. So, but I remember being 16, 17, being in football, you know, I'm much smaller than everybody else. I still work out. I do the best I can. And I remember looking at my wrists and just saying like, these are the skinniest <laughs> wrists. <laughs> These wrists. No one could love these wrists. No one could. Who could ever? Right? That's so funny. Like, I, you know, it's like, so I'd be like, 
you know, like just hold, you know, hands and hiding pockets, your wrists. you know, or just, I did a lot of this. You'll see a lot of pictures of me in high school with this. Is it because of the wrist? Yes, about the wrist. That's how, so... how crazy. Well, it's crazy. Is that like, even today I'm like, you know, I'm a bigger dude, but my wrists still are like pretty Look small. Do you always do the like, you know, Oh, can I, can I, yeah, can I, I wrap know, it around? Right? Like yeah. watches. I'm always just like, why do I always go all the way to uh, like the, you know, who knows? Like, and, and for some kids it's like, Oh, are my eyes okay? Know. You know, like, it, you know, do I, do I have a droopy eyelid? Sure. Like, do, what about my ears? Do they poke out too much? Like what? You're, you're always going to find something. For sure. Yeah, Everyone so. has those old little things. It was my yeah. neck when I was, I always thought I had a long, dude, one guy said I had a neck like a giraffe in like literally kindergarten. Yeah. And that was it. That's it. Stuck forever. Yeah. That's all. That's all. It's it like, takes. yeah, it's that's so it funny that little that little seed. Yeah. That whatever kid planted. Sure. Grew. I mean, we're just we're. It's like we're designed to just be super critical. Sure. We never ourselves. look at the pot, right? We don't do that in yeah. our lives in general. We're always right? looking at negative. What's wrong? What, right. Why is? Why do I not have this? Right. Even though you look around, you're going. Like, what if you have the fine. best knees in the business? But you'll never know that, because no one cares about knees. No one. Yeah. Right. No. Like I could have like the world's greatest knees. You know when you look at some people's knees, though, and you're just like, what is happening with that? Yeah, it looks weird. You ever see, um, this is really weird, but uh, do you ever see, like, faces in knees? Have you ever seen that? I've seen uh, something like pictures of faces and knees. Yeah, like, uh, this is dumb, and I'm, I shouldn't, like, just show you a picture show on, me a on pic- my phone. But is like, this your knee, or whose knee is no, this? No, this is the craziest thing. Um, I saw this when I was scrolling through um my facebook and i was just like you know there's a bunch of knees in this picture and i zoomed in on this one <laughs> knee look at this like there's a oh that has a hairline it's a, got a whose nose. knee is that it's a, like a random person that's a on small facebook. baby in that knee yeah there's a baby in that in that <laughs> knee like i don't like we'll just put it up there right look at that that's that's wild you can. I think you can that's even see it. That's so there. funny. Oh my! Wait, and that's just a random. That's a random, random. You found that? Yeah, like that was me just going through Facebook, and I was like, "What's going on?" Like, it's like I could see. You know how like you you can like, um, you're. It's like almost like you're uh, conditioned to see distress. Like you, you can look at a picture and like something will look weird to you, and yeah. you're like, "Hold on," right? It's like my brain registered. It's a the face. unconscious going like, whoa, "Whoa, whoa!" Yeah, it's like my brain registered a face from like distance, and that's zoomed in. Yeah, right? that's a zoom in on that yeah. knee. Yeah. Right, but even if you looked at the zoom out, you, you would still be able to You're, see it. You would still go straight to the knee. Yeah, so I remember looking through and I was just like, "What the?" Yeah. And then it's like enhance, enhance, enhance. I was like, "There is a." There's a small how child. How do I get knee. that child out of that knee? Yeah. Right, like I don't know. Anyway, that's that's a weird tangent. What, but, what's yeah. what's the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger where that thing is on his shoulder and it goes, "Open your mind." <laughs> do you know that movie? What oh. movie is that? Uh, Total Recall. Total Recall. That's what that knee looked like. Open your mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that knee reminded me of. Yeah, just a face. Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder if she thinks she has bad knees. She probably didn't even notice. No, and I would never tell her that. I I look at my knees. I don't think I have great knees. You know, I I think think guys, um, you know, we don't, like, shave our knees. So, like, it's hidden behind this, like, thicket of hair. But, like, you know, women, it's... I don't, she, who knows? I don't I know. I, you know, I bet there's. Well, the a, thing is, it doesn't matter. Sure. Right. Yeah. I even even think, back, back to her wrist. Yeah. Does like it, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like I kept thinking, like my little wrist bone here. I was like, whose wrist bone is more defined? Who's than gonna mine? love this? Right. Again, yeah. Who will ever love this man? Like who could ever find this? I still think today, like Felicia hasn't even seen my wrist. You know. Yeah, you always keep them covered. Yeah, just like hey. Anytime you see her, yeah. hey, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like at my wedding with like these poofy like 
like like uh, 18th century poofs. Oh yeah, you know, like I think that I would love the poofs, like Prince poofs. Right. Yeah, didn't he have perfect. poofs? Yeah, he poofed. He had poofs. Yeah, he had wrist. He had poofs. What if he so had? Dumb. Now, what if he had the wrist poofs because he was insecure about his wrists? What if that was the only thing me and Prince had in common? Was a deep insecurity of, of your wrists. wrists, and y'all could have connected on that. Yeah, I don't know of anybody who has like, oh, my wrists are too skinny. Better to have skinny wrists than I would think like too large a wrist. Too large yeah. a wrist would be weird. I think then though you're you're self conscious about other things too. Every, right? Well, yeah. Like, we I'm a big ourselves. guy, but I'm still like, what's going on with my wrist? Like, they should be bigger. But I don't know. It's okay. It's so dumb. It's dumb. I'm, ta- I'm talking too much about my wrist. We went off on right? the wrist. That's fine. But, yeah. You know, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> you look down at him. But anyways, these fucking uh, wrists. Just like, God. <laughs> um, but, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's my cross to bear. Just these wrists. Sure. No, but that's, I mean, high school to me is like, you know, yeah, you're finding out who you are. You know what's what's like what's my purpose and right you're just like I wish I thought about that stuff in high school. Unfortunately for myself, I didn't think about those things until like after college. Do you feel like you weren't introspective at all in high school? Yeah, probably not that much. It's it's like because you had a goal. The goal is to graduate, and whatever happened throughout that, I was just playing World of Warcraft. Yeah, you know what I mean? it's like see, I'm just playing World of Warcraft. I'm watching Sports Center on mm-hmm. repeat. I'm watching sports. Um, it wasn't like, what is my purpose here? What am I doing? Like, what is anyone doing? Does anyone know what's going on? Never asked those questions. I didn't even ask those questions until after I graduated. Really, mm. college. It was mm. like a, it was like a shock. Like, oh, well, be, well, it's because you just like had goals right just like gotta do this gotta do this yeah, gotta, gotta do graduate this. high school yeah. okay graduate yeah. oh, gotta go to college i felt like that was an obligation right like, gotta go to college okay so I go to college right then i graduated college and it's just like and you can do anything and it's just like but yeah you okay. know what i mean so it was the overwhelming yeah as soon as the training wheels were off right yeah or, like, or the bumpers on right i left the bumpers like, up a long time but I was also distracted doing other things. You know, we, in college, we were <clears throat> hanging out, playing games, yeah. you know, hanging with friends. You go to class. Mm-hmm. You're all having a good time. Everyone's – you're happy. Sure. Everyone's happy in college. I mean, you should um, – most people, I would assume, are happy. No. I think no? Darkest, yeah, no. Those are, like, my darkest times in college. College was your yeah, darkest easily, times? Easily. Well, in Why? terms of mental health. Okay. Yes, in terms of mental health. Because as much insecurity as I went through in, like, high school, and then there's, like, elementary, which is, like, whatever – uh, college, you know, it's like I, I think I had those thoughts of like, what am I doing, right? Like, yeah. so when you got into college, what did you want to do? What this is, is an awful answer. I don't have an answer to okay. it. It's like, what do you want to do? It's like, I yeah. don't know. Like, I like sport. You know what I mean? Like, sure. But I like, never thought like. But okay, you. So you get into college and you're like, all right, I just got to finish this and then we'll just go with well, whatever. No, my goal. Is so okay, I got to get to A and M. I got to graduate from A and M. That was like. But you're not thinking about what happens after you graduate in it? No, not really. I thought everything yeah. was going to f- work itself out. And that's great. It's foolish. It's kind of foolish. I don't think, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe not foolish, but, um, you know, maybe it prolonged or it, it delayed some some suffering. Definitely and, and delayed the suffering until mid-20s. Yeah. So for me, it was like, uh, okay, I'm in high school, right, early high school. I'm like, I'm going to go into the Air Force Academy. That's what my older brother did, right? I'm going to be a pilot. No, as soon as I realized, like, I can't take, like, authority, like, mm. that's when I was like, well, military's not going to happen. And then I got into music, and I was like, I'm going to do music. Like, we got this. Like, we're fine. Um, 
you know, I, I didn't try too hard in high school because I knew I was going to a junior college. And then once I got into junior college, it's like I studied. But, but I think that's where it started was like, okay, I'm in music school and I'm definitely not and even close. When was this? Well, um, I know you said, I, was this after high school? Yeah, so this is after high school. So okay. right after high school, I get into music classes. Okay. Like, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm studying. I'm going to be a music major. This is when you're like very angsty. And I was like, I'm going to move to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to move to Boston. Why? Oh, because Berkeley's there. Oh, you're totally going to get into Berkeley, <laughs> man. Like, great. Hey, you could have if you wanted yeah. to. Oh, too. you know, if you John Mayer covers, like, you're totally. You're John Mayer. They're going to love you at Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I was like, well, not Berkeley, the New York. Yeah. Yeah. My parents are just. My parents were hilarious through all of it. They're like, yeah, of course. They were. Hey. They were like, no, but. I mean, like, in, wait, they were they totally supportive. Yeah, no, they're like, but yeah, they were totally supportive. But they knew. In the back, they were like, just. Relax. All right, all right, yeah. yeah. We'll see you back here. Sure. In a few years. Sure. You know? um, but I think getting into music school and then just realizing, like, I am not even close. I'm not even close to, like, the middle of the pack in terms of these musicians. Yeah. Okay. When did you start playing? <clears throat> uh, I started playing guitar when I was 13. Okay. And I had no... I, you know, I wasn't in band. I was never in choir. So I got into college music classes not knowing the notes on the staff okay like hmm. i didn't know my treble clef i didn't know my bass clef like I, what was i doing there okay well i love music but you know what i worked really hard and you know i developed a pretty decent knowledge of, of music but i knew i was like I, you know i'm so f far behind going into college that all these people they are like flourishing and growing and again I don't know if they really are, but that's what I saw. That's what you saw. Yeah. I hear them in the practice room, and they're killing it, and I'm yeah. over here, like, getting bored and playing, like, the Mortal Kombat theme uh, on the practice piano, and they're all like, what is Dan? Is that Danny again? Like, uh, what is he doing? He's a guitar player, too. Why is he practicing piano? And, um, you know, but I, I realized very quickly, uh, well, I'm definitely not going to UNT to study jazz. I'm definitely not getting into Berkeley. I'm definitely not, okay, so what am I going to do? Um, you know, I was, I was pretty religious at the time. Um, so I was like, maybe I'll be a music minister. And then I was like, no, that's, there's not gonna be a market for that anymore. Is that why you said no to that? Just cause you were like, is that, is that like, you know I mean, what, how many doors is that going to, like, is yeah, that really not very many? Yeah. Right. And then, so now I'm feeling like, God, what am I doing? And then of course I was like, uh, maybe I can find something in English, but I didn't think about teaching. I wanted to be a writer. So it's like okay, I better start writing things. And now the pressure of creativity is mm. upon you. What a bad Are you going to write the yeah. next American classic? Are you going to yeah. go into poetry? Is anybody going to, you know, can you come up with an original idea and flesh it out and, and make it enjoyable? Are you even reading enough? Yeah. Like, are you reading enough? Are you, to reading know en are you writing enough? Yeah. Like you want to be a writer and you don't even yeah. write that much. I mean, like you get to the point where you're like, oh, I want to be a writer. And then you read like a two page preview on Google books of like Stephen King's like, 10 tips for writing and you're yeah. like you know t tip one they're like he's like write every day and you're the, the preview runs out and you're like i guess i gotta write every day I don't but that's know. not actually a bad tip i think just to go yeah. with it'd be yeah, like yeah, oh you, you want to be a writer then write every yeah, but day then when you can't even write every day then then what are you so you know now we're a year in and it's like i you know <clears throat> okay so i can't even write every day can i even cons what, what am i what do doing? you mean by can't write every day I mean, like, is I, it that you don't want to write every day? No or, discipline. No discipline. No discipline. Okay. It's just, yeah. just that simple. It's like, sure. all right, should I write today? Yeah. Will I? No. Yeah. 
and then you start something and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to write a screenplay. Uh, you get to the first conversation and then you're like, this is dumb. I suck. This is the worst. <laughs> you even title it like crappy screenplay. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, the amount of stuff I on my computer saved as dog poop is just yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. Like it, part of you like tells yourself like, I need to title it that. So that way if somebody comes across it, they know that I know that it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, I right? didn't really try even though you did. Yeah. Like you really tried, like you watched Tarantino the day before and you're like, I need to write dialogue as fluid as that. And then you try and then all the dialogue just sounds like you. Yeah. That's how you know you're not like cut out to to write dialogue, I think, is when you realize everyone sounds the same. Yeah. Wow, that guy's just as funny as this guy. Oh, it's because I bottled it after me. I must be hilarious. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And you tell yourself these things and you get inside your head. So now I'm thinking, I can't cut it as like a world-class musician i'm not going to be a world-class writer I, so like, can i pause you for one yeah, second yeah. i think that is the trap in itself is trying sure. to go to world class at yeah. anything that's yeah. like setting you're 20 your, i know you're 21 well, i've done that i've done that when i'm in my mid you know you yeah, just, yeah, and yeah. you learn to like roll it back roll yeah. it back yeah. roll back that expectation sure. on yourself to be world-class in yeah. anything yeah i'll like I'll, I'll see teachers who are like you know, wow, you talk to that teacher and like they're still in the classroom and they're killing it. But like they're giving interviews and and they're they're talking about their theories and stuff. And you're just like, I want to be that level of teacher. Yeah. And then you you have to evaluate, like, what does their life look like? What does that make sense in my classroom? Like, do they do I have the same freedoms that they do? You know, I mean, it's like we the constant comparison right is too much but then it's also just the demands that we put on ourselves yeah the world class all right so yeah i knew i wasn't gonna be a world-class musician not gonna be a world-class writer um i remember i took a year off of school uh i was waiting tables then i moved with my older brother in california for a little bit Mm. went to europe like for a little bit whatever really found myself i really found myself in europe where did you go in europe by the way i'm just curious um, i didn't know you actually went to europe yeah so we went to munich uh yeah. um you know heidelberg strasbourg paris bordeaux did you go to the eiffel tower i did yeah so the one thing i've seen in life that really i'd seen it a, a million times in pictures of course mm-hmm. but when i saw the eiffel tower in person mm-hmm. It blew me away. Really? The size of it, dude. And I walked up every sure. step. step. Yeah. And I was terrified halfway up. You oh, know? really? And, yeah. I'm, I'm hanging on to the side. Are you afraid of heights in general? Yeah, they get me. Yeah. So I'm afraid of heights. And this thing is, you know, and then and then I'm running through these scenarios. Like, if, if there's a terrorist attack, like, they're going to take this thing down. You know? Oh, <laughs> wow. So you I'm not like, thinking. Yeah, I'm not thinking logic. I'm just like. So you're like, you know, if this this could happen now. This could happen. And I'm walking up these steps. And you're looking down. Was it? What? When was this? Was This, this was when it was kind of like they were having some like attacks. So was having some issues. It wasn't completely, um, yeah, okay. like, out of the, out of right. the blue. But, but it's still. not. It's But still. Right. Come on. To yeah. think, oh, when yeah. I, the one, you know, the 30 minutes I'm going to be on this thing is going to be when it goes. But the funny thing is, so I'm, I'm struggling to get yeah. up the steps. I'm scared. And then I see this little girl just like running up, playing. Still, yeah. Doo, 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 sure. doo, and I'm yeah. just like, I'm a, I'm a bitch. <laughs> like I'm being, yeah. Like, yeah. like, all right. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like a little confidence. A little, right. So it, back, it just blew me away. Yeah. I think when I saw the Eiffel Tower, it was like. Something like me and my brother found a way to like just bypass all lines, and I think that's what Ooh. we were stoked about. So the whole time, nice. <laughs> we we were like, "Can you believe we like bypassed all these lines?" And but it was cool. I mean, you know, I got some pictures. I I, I love, you know, any high vantage point in a city as old mm. as like Paris or like Barcelona. When we went to Barcelona, like watching, like looking at the city planning, 
and just like the ancientness, oh, yeah. the ancient quality of these like cities compared to America, right? It's so different. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I took away from it the most. And then, yeah, so, you know, Europe was great. Um, we spent like almost a week in Barcelona and that nice. was just a blast. You mean Barcelona? Barcelona. Yes, I had a so. dude in the old job I used to work at. He'd always say, in Barcelona. And I'm like. Yeah. Did he not have a Spanish accent? He was a white dude, and he spent time there. So, I, yeah. you know, he he was ingrained in their culture. Sure. But it almost seemed like he made it a point to say Barcelona. It's like when, you know, when, like, uh, your friend that's, like, moderately, minorly Italian, mm-hmm. like, has to say every, like, you know, what's the big one? Um, this is how not Italian I am. Like, uh, like uh, Parmesan, or like <laughs> Parmesan. He, yeah, it's like yeah. they okay, add that. Why did you add that? Yeah, no. But again, you know, who am I? <laughs> I know. Who am I? I know. Their whole life, they could have just sounded like that. It's like, but what you 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 think to like watching The Sopranos, and you're like, what? I don't know. I've so, never seen The Sopranos. It's it's good. I hear it. It's good. I hear it's, it's good. so it's good. good. I, I watched it uh, last year for the first time. Um, it was Did, great. Does yeah, it, it hold good. up? Yeah, in totally. 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 Yeah, wow. totally. Totally does. Um, it's like uh, I mean, you know, The Wire is like my favorite show. Right? I know it is, and you you so always cliche. tell me I gotta watch it, and yeah. I know it's on the docket. I know it's yeah. a top rated show. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't. I don't know. You know why? why? Okay. I don't know why. The Wire is maybe one of the hardest shows to just start. Mm. It's it's slow. It's a it's a slog. It's slow, and you know what? The first seasons they don't even have cell phones, man. Like in it, it's like they kind of do, but they don't. So you're watching people on pay phones, and like, how are we gonna get this phone tap on this pay phone? And mm. you're like, Ooh, these aren't I real can't problems. Connect. But then the master class that is like the the acting of these these you know this cast mm. is amazing. I mean. It's one of Idris Elba's first roles. Yeah. It's one Michael B. Jordan, right? Michael B. Jordan. The, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like a young kid in there and kills it. He's so good. So, yeah, no, it's good. Give I mean, it a go. <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah, it's totally worth it. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, I always joke, I'm like, man, every year you don't watch The Wire. I'm like, it's just going to be a regret down the line. Whoa. You know, it really is that wow. good, in my opinion. Yeah. And then people told me the same thing about The Sopranos, and I got to say, I love The Sopranos. It's great. Nice. It's totally worth it. Breaking Bad is the one that I am like, it's fine. I, it's good. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know. But for a lot of people, Breaking Bad is like the the show where they had never felt that way about a show before. But prior to Breaking Bad, I had already like seen The Wire. Well, I feel so. like a lot of casual watchers can get sure. into Breaking Bad very easily. Yeah. But not a lot of casual. You have to like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's, not it's like when people the... talk about the movie Crash. You know, like one best picture um, in like 2003 or 2004. And some people love Crash. And then some people are like, they only like Crash because they've never seen a good movie before. Oh, you interesting. Know? And you're like. Is that yeah. how I am about the wire? Like, is there something dating the wire? And some people would be like, "Yeah, um, uh, there's there's like a cop show, like something something blues. I can't even remember what yeah. it's called." But somebody told me that They're from the eighties, or is this yeah, like a newer, I think it's like from okay. the eighties. Okay. It was either the eighties or seventies. You're and right. I saw that on. I know a show you're talking yeah. about because I watched a CNN like of the decade. Yeah, I watched that too. And oh, I loved it. That's wow. Yeah. <laughs> right? You, do you ever get nostalgic for a decade that you did not exist yes. in at all? Yeah, I don't know the 70s and 80s at all. And I'm like, that looks nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think the most mad that I ever was in high school. So uh, VH1 did the I Love the 80s, mm. and I loved it. I was like, I love the 80s. You're like, I'm in. Swatches. <laughs> Swatches. 
Devo, right? It's like, how wild is that? And it's all these comedians that grew up in the 80s. And then in 2008, 2008, 2009, they come out with I Love the New Millennium. And remember, I wanted to be a rock star mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. I was already thinking about, hey, in 10, 15 years, I'm going to be on VH1 talking about the 2000s. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to be the one cracking jokes about Razor Scooters. On that show. Right. Like, that's the level of ego that I had then. And I've carried some of that over with me now. Sure. But we all have it. Yeah, it's sure. all there. Um, but I remember VH1 yeah. came out with I Love the New Millennium. And the same comedians talking about the 80s are talking about my Razor Scooters. Oh, my god! You know, yeah. Michael Ian Black didn't ride Razor Scooters. <laughs> yeah. He was buying the ones for his kids. Yes. Yeah. Razor Scooters. Isn't that, like, the, one of the most defining things of, like, the they millennial just, generation? Yeah, they put a smile on your face because you just felt so happy yeah. having one. I remember giving up skateboarding. And I was, I was, for my age, I was not great, but I was okay. I could land a kickflip. I could ollie and things it, like that. And I gave it all up for a scooter. I would, uh, gave it up. Uh, looking back, do you wish you would have not gave up skateboarding? Yes. Because... How cool is skateboarding? Well, you know, like, yeah, it's awesome. And you could, if you can ride I'd be it, in such good shape. Good. Yeah, right you'd, now? Be, you'd probably fucking skateboard it over here. Yeah. Well, it's like you just, you know, you look at a skateboarder and, and you're just like, you're so skinny. They all are. They are. I've never seen a, I don't know if I've ever seen a fat skateboarder. And there might be a few, but there's but probably it's, a few. It's out pretty there. rare. Yeah, it is rare. I remember. Um, I mean, I you fall a few times, big body, you're gonna want to lose a little bit of weight when yeah. you're falling. Well, I think that was an issue with me. I was 23. And I decided I was going to pick up skateboarding again. Mm-hmm. And I got my dream board like I had some money so I could buy exactly what I wanted. How much does a dream board cost? I'm just curious. I have no idea. Like $120. Okay. I mean, not not crazy. Yeah, that's for a you dream know? And that board, might be geez. even more expensive than it should have been. I bought it at Vans. Uh, but know, I knew what I wanted. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I knew exactly you what I wanted. You wanted what you wanted and yes. you went in there and got yes. it like an It's adult. not like I forgot after like 15 years. Okay. But um, I remember picking up a little bit of speed. And just slowing down and just saying, nope. Oh, you just I mean, I went down like a minor hill. Yeah. And I was like, I am going to hurt myself. Did you see the way you were just, your body was just like, oh God, like we're going to fall and it's going to really impact me right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be like, I totally forgot how to fall. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to land on the pavement, like fingers, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just like, I knew, I knew that like, whatever was going to, like, cause my look. was always pretty bad. I, I was always the kid that like would find myself in these moments of like, I think I'm going to die. Mm. Right. And you know, I think part of it was because of like, you know, me and my sweaty hands. Yeah. Uh, if I was on the monkey bars, I always felt like this is the end. I can't hold on. Look at these kids uh, with their great grip. Not understanding. When did you find out you had sweaty hands? Was it at the monkey bars? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I was dealing with the consequences way before I found the reality. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, like, just oh, I, I honestly just thought I was just bad at the monkey bars. I was like, clearly, yeah, I keep like maybe I don't have the grip strength. Yeah, well, I was just like, I I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. Yeah. Um. Well, it's like wakeboarding. I have no idea what I'm doing wrong when I try to wakeboard. Even all my friends too. They're like, it's not the hands either. They're literally like, what? I don't know. You're you're literally doing everything right, but I wakeboarding. Can't. What yeah. is? Oh, well, it's so, like uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, I've man, I've heard of it. Wakeboarding. I know. I've heard it. It sounds cool. I surfing plus. No, it's uh, not. It's wakeboarding's in the water, right? Yeah, it's in yeah, the water. Yeah. So all you're doing is you're being pulled by a boat and you're on a board. Oh, and that's it. Okay, I've heard. Of, I know yeah. wakeboarding. All right, yeah, let me but reel it you back. know, like I, okay. that I truly don't know how, what I'm doing wrong. But 
like the monkey bars i was like what am i doing that well like I'm, i was like maybe my grip i was like maybe like in you know i didn't realize that my hands were just sweaty super sweaty hands. and so like you that's know. the death of monkey bars right there with sweaty hands oh, yeah. i mean you don't yeah yeah so did you avoid the monkey bars at yeah all i i was just like well i can't do those so i won't you know, that's all that's all that is yeah. and it isn't until like high school that i like i can google things where i'm just like i feel like i think what it was <laughs> this is so dumb but um you know those like black tables that, that you have in science class yes it's like a sl- it's like a stone did everyone have the i guess that's a science I bet, yeah i bet a lot of people I, you know? yeah but i remember I have, you know like have those like sweat like leaves a handprint mm-hmm. and i remember like doing that to a table and it was just like and a kid was like what <laughs> what is that why are you so nervous i'm like i'm not nervous and we're like yeah you are your hands are like you're you're over here like making puddles bro i was like is that but you're like i always make puddles like, yeah you don't you like, don't, don't make puddles like, yeah like what that's i don't know that's how it goes right and i remember googling and i was like sweaty hands and then google was like you mean hyperhidrosis and i was like this whole time this whole what like i you know i was just like i just thought people didn't like me when i shook their hand yeah you, know? you always had clammy wits always sweaty yeah even when i when i interviewed um for my teaching position i like i gave them a fist bump i was like listen you don't want to be oh. part of this did you let them know because of the sweaty hand? Or you yeah just, actually oh, well, you i mean let, why, why not right i think you gotta let them know because if yeah. you didn't let them know they'd be like why why didn't he shake why didn't he give me a fist bump why did he give me a fist bump we thought that went well yeah, and it's almost like I don't know. You gotta own it, though. You have it. It's that, not like I was like, oh, my hands are everything. really sweaty, so like, nah. Right? You didn't make it awkward. No, I'm just no. like, hey, uh, yeah, my hands get really sweaty. I got sweaty I'm hands. I'm sorry. Let's yeah. fist bump. It's yeah. better for you. And then you might laugh about it, right? Of course, you laugh like, about yeah, it. A little yeah. self-deprecation. Right? Hey. Yeah. I mean, now it's the thing. Like people at at school, they they know I got sweaty hands. No big deal. And now, you know, I take medicine for it. Sure. It doesn't fix it permanently. Sure. It it helps. I think owning it is with any. Any any insecurity you think you have or why you're doing something is so important. Just yeah, I, that's just the way it yeah, is. Yeah, act like you belong. Yeah, right. Like, and I don't think you learn that until you get older. It's like it's like you know maybe the younger kids they can they kind of understand yeah. that subject now because sure. obviously the internet and they can look it up. And, right. But when we were in high school, I never would have thought of like oh turn the thing that you don't like into like a positive almost. Yeah. Like being open about right. that thing and like it's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, you know I think they do that actually. But they, that's why you see so many jokes about, like, social anxiety. Sure. <laughs> and, like, really Dude. depressing yes. things. Yes, yes. And people are like, yeah. You well, know, we kind of like, love I those, I want to die, too. too. And you're like, Millennials kind of love that, too. Yeah, I think to an extent. Yeah. And then, but, I, uh, you know, going back to, like, just kids, they just deal with everything. So, you know, when all their humor has to deal with social anxiety. And, like, <clears throat> you know, everybody thinks that they have, like, you know, a mental illness. And mm. I'm not saying that, you know, people who think that don't, but... You know the humor is built around it, and sure. again, it's, we're all it's in tough. on it. It's hard. Yeah. You know? Life is hard. Yeah, life well, is not easy. Well, because sometimes you like those jokes about depression. You're like, yeah, I've been there. Sure. And then some kids are like, yeah, I live that. Yeah, and it's and funny, like, oh. and it's like yeah. you know, it's like the sad clown. Sure, sure, sure. It's like, it's oh like, man, mm-hmm. like too real. Um, again, it's why I think it's important to like, you know, one of the things I do is is really just tell kids like, listen, you own your actions. Mm. Outcomes are based on what you put into it. And it goes back to like that existential education mm-hmm. kind of idea, which is like a, a buzzword. Which I think you should give the definition of existential education because I, yeah, it sounds cool, but I had really no idea what yeah. that was. And so like, you know, people are going to vary a little bit on, on how they sure. describe it. But like <clears throat> the idea, like, I think you have to start with like, what's the idea of existentialism? 
because it's a scary word to begin with. And I know we've had like a long discussion about it, but you know, just for everyone else, sure. you know, when you talk about existentialism, you really are just talking about like the study of the self, right? Why do you exist? Like, what's the point of existence and things like that. And so you can literally come up with that definition on your own. And, and it might be that, you know, the, the idea is that you create the meaning for yourself, right? Um, the point of existence is whatever you deem it to be. And that could involve religion, that could involve, you know, no religion, that could involve, like, I'm going to be a good person, and my existence is going to be based around the actions that I do. Some people might say, like, I want a family, and I want to do everything I can to make sure that my family is taken care of. Okay, you have literally given yourself the meaning of life, mm -hmm. right? Because that's, that's the whole idea is, like, what's the meaning of life? Well, existentialism is just, like, the idea that you can make that, yep. but it's also the idea of, like, well, is there a purpose? Is there a meaning? Because right? mm -hmm. some people might say there is no meaning. Okay. Yeah. And that's more absurdism. But then when we talk about existential education, it's this idea of like, hey, actions lead to consequences. And hopefully good actions will lead to good consequences. And What's the other way of teaching? Because to <clears throat> me, right. that makes... That's that's it. Yeah. Because why would you not say your actions sure. lead to consequences and you can take control of your destiny and choose which path you take? Yeah. The other way is what leave it up to the adults in the yeah, room and so hey look how well that's going yeah, for so us that's in this why, world that's why i don't like say like you know that's like the the main you know you can say that's the main pillar of your, of your teaching philosophy but er, you know everyone teaches that good things lead to good things hopefully sure. and bad things lead to bad things sure. but i think the idea of existentialist education in my book is i want to build that capacity in the students to say like hey you have the ability to choose where your life goes what your actions lead to right and i tell them that they have the power mm. okay um and so because if you look at something like a postmodern approach right which is so broad but a postmodern approach might f focus on saying hey there's always power but you might not have the power right it's it's understanding power struggle whether it's class whether it's ethnicity whether it's you know socioeconomic status whether it's regional location mm -hmm. right the mm -hmm. idea is always like these people have power these people don't when mm -hmm. you compare them right i think that that can be really stressful to kids if you tell them you know like to me i want to just say you have power yeah because you're going to give yourself power and i'm going to build you up it's not yeah. it's not discrediting that there's um it's not discrediting that like there aren't power struggles and sure. power dynamics. It's just saying like I would rather build up the power and the capacity in the student to say like you choose your meaning, you choose your path, you got this. Yeah. Here's everything you need. Well, they're to gonna do, figure right? out that other stuff on their own, and then they well, can. Well, and I think you should prepare them for that. Yeah. But maybe not dwell on it. Yeah. Right. Maybe, and that that's always tough to say. Like, why wouldn't you? Okay. Well, Danny, why wouldn't you dwell on, on power if you're gonna teach these kids to you know change the balance of power and, and make things more you know equitable then then why wouldn't you focus on power okay well what you don't want to do is just say hey this is the power struggle and just keep saying this is the power struggle and look at how long like this inequality has been there okay we should always be studying inequality mm -hmm. right but then you, i think the way you fight that inequality is to build capacity to build power within right mm -hmm. you look at it and say okay it's not going to stay this way yeah. Let's let's make it to where the postmodern idea that there's always one person with power and one that will have less power. Let's fight that. Acknowledge it, but fight it, mm -hmm. because that's that's how you enact change, right? Think about the angst that millennials, Gen X, and Gen Zers have, right? We have this like, man, 
look at all this inequality in the world look at you know what we see as like this hate and like has anything changed i thought it changed when i was in high school you know we learned about like the civil rights movement we learned about women's suffrage we learned about like racism is bad and we, we're told that like hey things are better you're in the perfect world and man what a shock it's been mm-hmm. in the last couple weeks right every week it's a new shock yeah but 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 you know if you're in your late 20s well the past you know couple years has been like a big wake-up call to like mm. what am i doing and and you you do more introspection like have i just been like talking the talk and not walking the walk have mm. i even considered any of this like mm. because i can say like last year i could say like oh yeah don't focus on power like don't don't obsess over it because you can build capacity and if there's any if it was always like if there's inequality we can we can squash it with with capacity and power okay but now we know no there is inequality there there is a power struggle right so well it seems like what you're trying to do in high school is take Mm -hmm. these kids and build the foundation so then once they have a solid foundation Mm -hmm. of belief in themselves they're starting with themselves to change the world instead of starting outside of themselves to change the world once you start with that foundation then when you send them off out there they have a solid base Mm -hmm. then they can build the house on top of they're going to realize that there's going to be issues they're going to deal with and the uh, obstacles they're going to overcome but if you have that solid foundation of who they are as a person, the core being, mm-hmm. and it's just like the Matrix, you got to believe. Neo had to believe in himself if he wanted to be the one. Sure. I know it's silly. Yeah, it's no, kind of silly. But that's what it is, right? But it's that's believing. what it is. Well, it's, it's it's like you know that this is possible, so you 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 have the power to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know one of the things that's really important in education right now is like lifting up student voices. Mm. Um, Uh, building plurality which is you know just this idea that like we it's not one group it's it's all groups together like plurality and then finding a consensus among that group maybe not even a consensus but just saying like hey we we can all cohabitate like Mm. and, and it doesn't have to be weird it doesn't even have to be like oh hey look at all these groups let's cohabitate it's more like hey look at all these groups and then it becomes look at us yeah look at us and look how different we all yeah. are yeah and not even that I, like just look at us well i know we're i here, know i right? know yeah <laughs> you yeah. know and so you know you stop i mean we're i don't think we're gonna reach a point anytime soon where we have like just straight up like color blindness or culture blindness you know um but it's more just like looking at the strengths we have together as opposed to what we have And it's one of the reasons why America is so complex, because we do not have a homogenized culture. We don't have a homogenized religion. We don't have, you know, and I'm not saying that there are a a whole bunch of countries that are that way. But, man, America is really a melting pot and it needs to continue to be a melting pot. But you know what? We really do need it to, like, start melting. Right. Start blending. It it still feels like there's individual. Like if it's if it's like a, a fondue. And you're adding different cheeses. Let's say, mm. let's say it's every culture is like, yet. yeah, it's yeah. like you're, it's still clumpy. <laughs> yeah, it's still clumpy. We gotta get but the we, spoon. We yeah, need we the need the spoon. All right. It needs to be yeah. like a. Oh, okay. This is a. Hey, this is our mixed cheese. Yeah. Right. And then when you have a bite of the cheese, you get a little bite of everything. Yeah, yeah you get the best of everything. Everything all together. Right? Because that's what it, that's what it should be. Is it like the best of everything? So. That's really hard. Like, man, um, the hardest thing that I think a lot of teachers are gonna. You know, the, the biggest task that we have in front of us is not just like dealing with COVID and all that stuff, which, you know, mm. but how do we take the events of the past month, right, past couple months and address it 
and how do we get get through this and work through this and continue the conversation continue the discussion continue mm. the work you know while also again as teachers working within i don't want to call them confines but like working within what's appropriate as a teacher Mm. Right. I'm not going to tell students like, hey, vote this way. Believe this. Believe this. I can say, hey, look at the look at the data. Look at the facts. Like, look at, you know, and again, my facts might be totally biased. Right. I teach bias by selection and omission. Right. Which is the concept of, okay, um, simply not telling all of the story is showing you bias right Mm. there. And how would they know what's missing from the story? Well, you got to compare sources. Okay, but how many times are teachers presenting information to students and the students going like, well, I want to hear what this teacher has to say down the hall. They don't like that. Well, yeah, I mean, they're not going to do that. That's not going to happen. I might have very differing opinions from another teacher, um, and I might present information in one way, and they might not present it that way at all. Um, That's really tough to reconcile with, like asking myself, like, man, how much of my bias is... What am I downloading onto them, which I don't even realize is malware, you know, because we all have mal, you know, you looked at parents passing down to kids. Yeah. What am I putting into them that I don't even realize I'm putting into them and I'm not trying to. Yeah. But it's going to happen. You're human. Well, because it's easy for for me to recognize, like when a student says something, I'm like, yeah, your parents are talking right now. Mm. You're just the medium. How often do you see that? Would you say it's for? I think a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot. And not and not just like a and that's not like a right or left thing. Yeah. Right, because I think a lot of teachers teachers will hear like a, a student have like a really conservative or like far right idea, and they'll be like, "Oh, that's not them; that's their parents." Um, but then maybe if it's a far left idea, they're like, "Oh, wow! Like the student is like so that's you know. so progressive, right?" But okay, but, chances are their parents are probably pretty progressive too. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, really, you actually don't find out what these kids really think until you put them in those situations of like group discussion and you challenge their ideas one of the things that uh, we do in my class is like I kind of have this like set of guidelines where I'm like okay be open to new ideas it doesn't mean you have to adopt them but you got to be open to them that All right? can, can everyone that's so important to everything yes. now that's not even these kids these kids are learning lessons that yeah. they should take throughout Sure. All of their life, not even yeah. in that confines of high school. Yeah. It's like that is a life right. lesson. Right. Well, so, sorry. yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, but I just think that's so important. Yeah. And I think an English class is a really good place to enforce those ideas. Right. So, yeah, I say, like, be very open to new ideas. Again, you don't adopt them immediately. Right. It's not like you just hear something and go like, yep, that's what I believe. Mm. OK, but you're open to it. You're listening and you're hearing it. OK, which, you know, again, can be controversial controversial because you could say like oh well should they hear this terrible thing that society has all agreed that right we can get into that but yeah. let, but let's say like all right just be open to new ideas okay yeah. be able to effectively and charitably like keyword charitably okay challenge those ideas with okay. your own beliefs well not Is even what- not even necessarily with your own beliefs but like cuz i could i could have information that i don't even have an opinion on it's, it's just it's new just information. Inform- okay, gotcha. Yeah. Right, but am I able to, am I able to challenge it, see if it holds up, and and do it in a charitable way? And what yeah. do I mean by that? Charitable. Well, you're not attacking. You're not assuming intent yeah. until intent is like made itself clear. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you're able to be open, challenge, and then defend. Mm-hmm. Okay. What does it mean? Defend your own ideas. Okay. Believe in the ideas that you have. But if you feel like you can't defend them, like really, if you don't have the information to defend those ideas, then maybe you need to consider 
that your ideas are either partially wrong, completely wrong, maybe it needs a modification. Sure. And if you do those three things on top of, you know, you end up being, you know, way better acclimated towards societal discourse. You end up being a lot more informed, hopefully, right? Because you, you, you again, you've opened yourself up. You're challenging the information that's coming your way. And challenging could be looking up sources, looking up varying opinions, having a person explain an idea to you, and then defend defending, right? Like, you know, if 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 climate change is like the thing that you're focused on, okay, mm -hmm. are you are you following those three things? Let's say I am a climate change denier, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, so am I first and foremost being open to the idea that climate change exists? That's an important question. Okay, let's say I am open to it. Let's say, okay, um, specifically, you know, carbon emissions from cars are causing this. Okay, that's the statement. Can I challenge it? Okay, what is it about those carbon emissions? What's the time period? Yeah. Okay, who's saying this? All right, can I look at the data? All right, that's a lot of work. That is so much work, yeah. and that's what we try to, like, build in the students. Let's say now I've reached the, the idea of, like, can I defend, like, that there is no climate change can I present data? Yeah. What argument can I give that will follow exactly. these cred yeah. credentials in a sense? Right. Or criteria? Yeah. yeah. And it works the other way too, right? Oh, the world's going to end in 10 years because of climate. All right. That's my idea. Am I open to the idea that maybe it's not? Yeah. What's the data? You know, can I defend that 10-year time period? I think so many st people, that first one, am I open to there being the other side yeah. is like, I don't think people get past yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, no. You know what I mean? We're so, right. sometimes we're so rigid in our ways. That, no, yeah. you know, I don't believe that. And it's just like being open just seems to solve. That's yeah. so, that's so key. Well, and it doesn't even solve. That's the problem. Well, it doesn't solve. No, it's right? just, it just gives you the opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't even open the door for the opportunity. Because we all know there's people that are like open to everything. Yeah. And you don't want to be. And they're yeah. like, I believe in that. I believe yeah. in that. I believe in that. I believe yeah. in that. Right. And so I think they're all three super challenging mm -hmm. they're all three i think the hardest thing you can do mm -hmm. okay like there are easy things to defend this is a phone i don't know man is that a phone or is it a supercomputer? oh am i even open are to you? that idea right okay right you yeah. can you can take it to sure. an extreme sure. and students hate when teachers do that yeah. right like when i teach bias and i teach uh you know they're referred to in our curriculum as slanters, but it's just slanted and biased language. Mm. Like, um, it's not, I tell them, I'm like, I'm not reading a newspaper and going like, that's hyperbole, uh, that's biased through selection and omission. Mm. Um, oh, that's a really good example of, you know, a truth surrogate. Oh, study show. Like, I'm not reading it that way, but it takes practice. And you can read an article and at the end you can say, well, okay, that was an interesting article. I wish they would have actually named their source, right? We were looking at like, you know, Dr. Disrespect and how he's banned from <laughs> Twitch. Okay. And someone's like, you know, I got a good source I that says, so like, I got a guy. Oh, I can't. Sure. May maybe. I even was reading a Forbes article where it's like this one person, I don't even know who they were, predicted that it was about this. And they've been like keyword, key phrase, mostly correct about mm, their. In the past? Yeah. In the past, I'm like, okay, that opens the door for. It to be wrong so yeah. am i gonna you know 
Well, I think so. that goes with how culture is, where it's like you gotta. We're rushing to always be sure. first because we have so much information yeah. and so much data coming in that oh, it's yeah. just like who's first wins sometimes. Yeah. Who's first can get pop, and that that's the yeah. story that gets run. Sure. When actually it has it's no a desire to go viral. Sure. Yeah. yeah, which I think that could have a whole. Yeah. That's oh, there's danger to that. Yeah, it's so much danger, danger to that. To that. Well, because it's not accurate. Yeah. Well, you know, like that guy saying, "Oh, he got, he so he got kicked off Twitch because of X Y Z." Sure. If that that's not accurate, they start running that story. Yeah. But then, and then most people will see that description, the first one, and yeah. then go, "Oh, that's why," and oh, not yeah. do the research themselves, which well, I think is what's dangerous. Well, about and that. how many times have you read a headline and you're like, "All yeah. right, I got the story." All day. Yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's. And then you dig in and you're like, I, "That that wasn't even." Like what? Yeah. Yeah. How many times? Like, uh, I think the the, like late shows are really bad about that like if you want to watch like a Stephen Colbert clip and it's like uh, Mike Judge talks about how <laughs> King of the Hill came from you know uh, an emotional experience in his childhood and they they keep talking they're like so you know this is all sort like to eight minutes of not that mm. and then 20 seconds of that yeah man okay so but they put that as the headline yeah. so you read that and you you take that yeah. but then there's so sure. much more well it's just yeah. pulling things out of context right, right? I mean we stuff. see that all the time sure. with with news it's like Donald Trump blah 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 you know like oh how could he and then you read it and you're like he didn't really go there okay. or whatever yeah you know? and then you know uh, Nancy Pelosi blah 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 sure. and then you read it and you're like Okay, but then sometimes you read it and you're like, "Oh shit, that really did happen." Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. I mean, it's but <laughs> but yeah, there's you know, yeah. and 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 you you want your your journalist, you know, you want your journalism to be sincere, but that's not what sells. And so you clickbait. Know, yeah, it's clickbait, right? It, it's so funny. Um, there's always like a kid who's like, "Why isn't there just a news source that just gives you just the facts?" And you know, I. I want to tell them, okay, would you click on that? Really? Like, would you click on that? If it was just, here's what happened in Congress today as of you know, September 19th. And it's like, so-and-so attended. So-and-so voted yes. So-and-so, you know, yeah. voted no. And it's like, okay, yeah, that kind of exists. If you ever watch C-SPAN. They, they're out there, yeah. Yeah, C-SPAN, like, you can watch, like, a House committee, and sure. you're just like. It's rough. Yeah, it's, it's rough. like, man, okay, well, I'm not a politician, so. You just want the highlights. Yeah, you want the highlights. But, but then you know, that is leading you up yeah. to falling to that slanted screw. language. Slanted like language. New York Times could say in a disastrous decision. Okay, mm. they've already told you how to feel about it. They've already told you how to feel I feel, feel like about they it. say that all the time. All the time. <laughs> like that's Wall Street Journal, right? Uh, Breitbart, right? Ooh. You know? Talk like, about slanted. You know, in an effort to remove your rights. Yeah. Okay. You know? Um, instead of suggesting that things are going to change, they're framing it in terms of your rights are going to be removed, right? I mean, how many varying opinions have you heard about masks, right? So much. So much. Right? So many. Oh, it doesn't work. It does work. You know, you should be. Uh, there was that, that tweet that uh, somebody posted, uh, I think it was like yesterday, where they said they shouldn't have said that uh, wearing a mask will help other people out. You know. Oh, what? what? Yeah, well, because, I mean, well, I mean, it was a joke. Because we're so just, egocentric that we're like, I want it to help me. Yeah, exactly. I think she was like. Uh, we're both pro-mask, by the way. Yeah. Yes, we I are. I just want to throw yeah. that out there. Yeah, we're, um, we're very confident in our abilities to have distanced before seeing each other. Yeah. That, yeah, we're not. Uh, yeah. I Yeah. I mean, but I still feel weird even going out and wearing a mask. And, and like, I don't know, like when I go to the store and I see people without a mask. I just think about like 
how are they feeling right now? Do they feel judged? I think do they, they do feel, feel empowered. Do they feel like enlightened? Because like, yeah, you want to assume they're feeling judged. <laughs> well, I'm judging them. Sure. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. I yeah. see someone not wearing a mask and I'm like, yeah, why? Like, yeah. It, why? Yeah. Especially when you look at, you know, you're going to the grocery store and 90, 90 to 95% of people wearing masks. Mm. Then you see the 5% and you're just like. And it depends on where you're shopping too. Oh, sure. And the state. I mean, yeah. oh, yeah. The store. Yeah. The state. Everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because me and Felicia, we went to a Walmart in East Texas recently and it was like, what? The, no masks? Like, yeah. People are like looking at, at us wearing a mask and we're like, oh. Okay. Oh, like y'all were the weirdos. Yeah. 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 So. It's a weird thing. It's weird. Um, the yeah. reason I wear it is is because it's for others. I sure. think that makes sense, yeah. and that it it totally follows every little checkpoint. Okay, yeah. you're wearing one. It covers the we talk. Yeah. About, it covers the droplets coming right. out of your mouth. They wear one. Yep. It covers the droplets. The chance of your droplets getting into their mouth. That makes sense. Yeah, and that's how this thing spreads. Yeah. Supposedly, not doctors. Right. That's how I've. That's what I've heard. I know. Spreads through droplets. Do you ever want like? Um, do you ever wonder what you're an expert in? nothing the concept that everybody's (laughs) an expert like what would you feel like you were an expert in oh my gosh what am i an expert an expert is such a tough an expert that's like you should get paid to yeah what are you an expert in so i've been following apple fairly closely (laughs) the last and i know that's goofy (laughs) yeah since 2012 i've literally checked Mac rumors. Man, that was what was on your computer, like Mac, earlier, rumors, Mac rumors, nine to five Mac, Apple Insider, Reddit, Apple subreddit. For some reason, <laughs> that conglomerate of a corporation, yeah, has got their little fingers wrapped around it. And you know what it is? What? And I'm going to talk about this right now because I know how you feel on the subject of <laughs> yeah, tech. Yeah. It's the 2012 Retina MacBook Pro 15 inch that is powering oh, this podcast yeah. from. 2012. How funny is it going to be when we look back and like nothing worked? <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, it just com- it just shit the bed. It can't control. It can't handle this. What was I thinking? It's like spoke too soon. I know. Like, and then I'm getting um, then I'm getting uh, Windows uh, you know XPS 15. You know. Yeah. I used to be an expert on World of Warcraft back in high school. Yeah. Do you ever wonder like what are you? Uh, what have you wasted too much brain power oh, on? Can we not? That path is. If you had to guess, like, what's the most time you spent on something that's not helping your life right now? (sighs) Right now? Well, just not even improving. Like, like, and I'm not talking about like, because because you could have played World of Warcraft and been like, I learned these lessons, right? And that's made me who I am today. Yeah. What's the thing though that you spent too much time on that has no bearing on your life at all? That hasn't benefited me one bit. Yeah. Or if anything, like it just taught you like, yeah, I mean, I quit that thing. But like, I'm talking about like, what's the least impactful thing that you devoted time to? Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's a, that's a big one. Yeah. And I hate to say it. I mean, we were talking, I think it is World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Because when I look back at my high school years. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun playing World of Warcraft. I love World of Warcraft. Classic. Let me just throw that out. Sure. And Burning Crusade. Okay. Okay. Um, and I played none of it. I never played it. They're so good. I never played God, it. God, they're so good. Sure. They, yeah. No game is like World War. It's like no game touches World War because it's so di- It's such an, it's so different than any game that's yeah. out there right now. Um, or that's ever been, I think. Um, and it really set I mean, the, but did you learn some socialization skills? Sure, 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 sure. I learned socialization skills, and I kind of learned to love my nerdy side a little bit more and just accept Okay. it is what it is. Right. You know what I mean? But looking back at my high school years, I really could have probably 
dated more. I could have gone to more. I didn't go to parties. Sure. I was in Ogremar. Yeah. Raiding up. I don't. What was you were in Ogremar? Is in that o- a place? Ogremar's. Ogremar's the main capital, <laughs> of the Horde. And they're like the orcs, right? Orcs, yeah. trolls, <laughs> Tauren, undead, and blood else. If you had the burning crusade, yes. Why? I'm sorry. I'm like it's. Just- I'm an expert. <laughs> it's just like looking like, and you know, I came to accept it. And I love. I love. Look, it. I lead the esports club. Okay. I know you do. And I. School, yeah. Okay? So it's you're like, not. I'm not. I'm not laughing you're the, at. The you're the jock is. in this. No, you're <laughs> not. I know. We're both dorks. We're both dorks. Um, How crazy is that going to be? Like. Like oh I'm on the League of Legends team and you play Smash Bros like yeah <laughs> nerds you looking down like on walking looking, down the yeah. hall with like a patch like Varsity League and do they so have those no that's oh, coming I don't know. you can come up it's with that. coming yeah, sure Bar- you know okay. I wouldn't be surprised if you're I'm actually yeah. and the reason I'm kind of yeah. going down that path is because you opened it up and I was like why isn't that not a thing yeah like if I know for your kids you have an esports league y'all are yeah. starting yeah why would you not have like Letterman jackets for the League team right now, I can understand the now. answer is no. But honestly, but, right now the answer isn't even like uh, will the school provide them or anything. Um, right now, it's so new that hmm. the kids, a lot of the kids, don't know how they should feel about the club. Mm. Like they like being in it. Of course, they, they like the community when they're there, and they might wear a shirt. But like, okay, uh, I'll put this like uh, in a little bit more personal thing. Like a Letterman jacket at Allen because I went to Allen High School as well. Mm. They opened the door for students that scored high on the tax test to get an academic Letterman jacket. And I think they still do. Okay. And I remember getting one. My oh, parents were look like, at you. My parents were like, you have the wow. opportunity to get a Letterman jacket. You should get one. And then I never wore it. Oh. Well, well because, but like, yeah, I knew. Yeah, what are you going to say? Yeah. Because yeah. I knew, right? So yeah. I think until eSports feels maybe a little bit more established – they might not have that desire to like really flaunt show it. off. Hey. They don't want to be like, I'm an athlete until it's like a little bit more, yeah. I guess, socially accepted. Like I know that some of the kids on the League of legends team were like, I, you know, I don't really need a lot of notoriety. You yeah. don't, I don't want to do an interview with the school. Like, I just like, to like play I just want to play. And you know what? That's great. Yeah. There's a lot of football players that are like that too, by the way, there's a lot of football players who are like, I, you know, I didn't really play in the games. I was technically on varsity. I'm a senior, but I didn't play a whole lot of games. I was games. on the bench. And they feel weird wearing the jacket, or mm. they feel weird like wearing a state championship ring if they get it. We all have that, where it's like, did I earn this? Did I deserve this? Am I really one of those people? You get that imposter syndrome. I was, yeah, it was on the tip of my tongue, and I was waiting. Right. But imposter syndrome yeah. is the is the term. So I think right now, like the the thing keeping like the the well, I'm on the esports team yeah. is I think that like concept of you know just the you know, you're really thinking about like, uh, is that something that I can do that to? Sure. And I would love that to be the case. It's coming. Where, where someone's That's like, coming. Hey, are you ready for the game? Like a student to just be like, can't wait for the game tonight, dude. Pep rallies and what? the esport teams are, are there, and they're they're sitting alongside the football. But it's a fine line I because know. like I can't say, oh, you know what? Next year, let's have a pep rally and let's bring out the League of Legends team. No, you they're can't. not it's... ready. I'm not ready. The school's yeah, not ready. Not... Look, we went to state. Yeah. We. <laughs> We went to state in League of Legends, and, you know, still, like, I know the kids would be uncomfortable. I know the students in the stands would be like, what is this? So we need to do a good job of, like, 
promoting it and normalizing it. I don't think you can force that either. I think it's got to like naturally kind of, it's going to, you know, and it might take 10 to 15 to 20 to 25 years before this thing is kind of in its hopefully more 15 years, but yeah. Okay. So five to 10 years when it's kind of becoming more mature, um, of a sense of what it is, you know, Um, what it, it needs is it just needs more and more schools. Uh, giving scholarships and things like that because Colleges? I'm contact yeah. yeah I'm contacted about once every week or or so from a college that I've never heard of mm. that's building an esports program and they're offering scholarships to kids and I'll pass that information along to the kids but some of them aren't going to like this weird like suburb college in like yeah. Western Indiana just because I got a scholarship for gaming yeah it just doesn't you know they're like mm, no. Okay, UTD has one, but they're not doing scholarships yet. It's not until like UTD, UNT, um, you know, geez, I don't, well, Alabama. You say, you know well, any I mean? of the like, major, I mean, yeah, yeah, any of the D1, D1 sure. football schools when you could say, okay. They Even got a D2, D1 I mean, esports program. Sure. That's come. I, and, and you know what? Oh, hey, the people who are in that, you know, the people who played for Alabama's esports team, you know, or League of Legends team, they're now on cloud nine or liquid yeah. or like these esports teams that are you know making millions of dollars until we see that path i think there's still going to be some stigma i think there's still because there's no doubt that um we're on our way there 100 absolutely and i tell my kids all the time you guys are trailblazers you guys are pathfinders they are you're leading the way the things you do now are going to affect the kids that come after you and i want you to put yourself in that situation just understand that you might not be the one who's getting the scholarships getting the scholarship, and, but yeah. like how great is it going to feel to know like you were in the first year or the yeah. second year of the Allen esports program how do they take that man so well i would ho- i would amazing. hope they would because it's you are amazing. literally how rare of a time mm-hmm. when uh, you know to do anything for the first time yeah. nowadays is tough cuz yeah. everything's been done you know we yeah. we've been around a, lot, a while humans yeah. have so to be on the ground floor of mm-hmm. this like huge thing that's going to be massive and and it's it already well, is massive but even on a public and they've, scale they've taken that responsibility in stride nice. they're constantly like i can do this i can do this i can prepare this i mean like uh take the super smash bros like program that mm-hmm. we have within the esports program and we've got three captains and those three captains they get like a 60 person tournament together <sighs> where you know they send me names because we check grades Right. So like they send me the list of people that have signed up, you know, I run the, the grade check and then, you know, um, we, we get the bracket going to see, you know, like, you know, I, I say like, all right, here's here's our students that are eligible and they create the bracket and they set up the rooms They They'll say like, all right, this person, this person, you guys are in room five and they 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 bring the the kids together they bring their switches and equipment they have like a log of this person brought this this person wow. brought this i did not have to say how to do it and you're not micromanaging you're not even you're just saying they did run. it run they did hey, it i given you power yeah run. i literally go and i sit there for like 2 hours and i grade and you know i walk around and like watch some of the games and stuff but it's theirs it's theirs yeah. so they they got it um, you know, the Overwatch team, they run practices, you know, from home. The League of Legends teams, you know, they're, they got themselves organized. Um, and they just had to pay to, like, get into the, uh, the league. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, they, when, I, when we structured it to where it was, like, officers, captains, and then club members, that, that, that worked really well. Like, people, 
you don't have like one person talking to the president of the club saying like hey we really want like a pokemon esports thing Mm -hmm. no it's like hey they kind of talk to captains or they talk amongst each other and then they it's like they delegate it's like a republic beautiful yeah it's kind of beautiful it's a republic that they created republic of gamers which is a company by the way oh i was like two (laughs) yeah yeah i remember me and my little brother we were talking with our dad about like cool business ideas and we came up with this like new take on the internet cafe right mm. where it's like and there, it, it exists it's like areas where you can rent out gaming computers and i remember we came up with all these details and my dad was like what would you call it and we were like clutch gaming and then i googled clutch gaming and it's like a esports like exactly what we wanted what but, did, yeah. but in denver yeah i was like well we'd call it something else <laughs> and then my dad was like how about we don't do that and yeah let's like, just go yeah. back to school yeah. all right yeah okay yeah. all right yeah, yeah. you know well, I think that kind of goes on what we were talking about when off the stream when we were just saying what the bar you set these kids at yeah. at any grade, first kindergarten mm-hmm. to seniors to anything. I mean, w- once you get out of school, you yeah. kind of have to set your yeah. own bar. But um, but you learn to set that bar based on the bars that other people set for you. Sure. So if you're setting it high, then yeah. then they're going to set that bar high when they get yeah. out of school. Well, because you'll learn about any bar. There's going to always be, no matter where you set that bar. There's always going to be the people that exceed those expectations. Sure. And it's crazy what you see is like if the bar was set here, like low, you're gonna have the people that exceed, but maybe they but exceed to mm. this amount, like just a little bit. But you're always gonna have kids that approach it, you're gonna have the kids that meet it, and then you're gonna have the kids that fall below. Okay, what happens if you raise the bar here? You're gonna have the kids that exceed here. So, okay, look at how much more they exceeded because they were challenged. Look at the kids that would have been here, but because the bar's here, they're like up here to where exceeding was. Yeah. The kids that don't do anything might still not do anything, but you know, like it's there. So raising the bar, you know, to an extent, look, if I was like, all right, kids, you're juniors in high school, time to write a 25 page report. They're not ready for that. Mm. They're just not like, there's a, there's a certain extent to where that bar can be. Right. It might be uh, Hey, I need you guys to have, you know, maybe last year it's like, I need you guys to have three sources. Maybe this year I'm like, hey, I need you to have five. Yeah. Reasonable bar, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's that should be the goal of educators, right? Sure. Finding the bar, testing the limits. It goes back to what we're talking about with, like, anti-fragility. Yeah. You know, we don't want to bring them to the breaking point. We don't even want to bring them to where they're like, oh, I'm almost about to break. I'm like, about, yeah. Yeah, it's like, no, you test them, you challenge them, sure. they'll, they'll get through it. Well, there's that quote by, uh, I think it's Abraham Lincoln. He says something along the lines of, if you give me six hours to chop a tree, I'll spend the first four hours sharpening the ax. Mm-hmm. So no matter how much time you give these kids or how much, mm-hmm. in, in where you set the mm-hmm. bar at, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to get to that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they're going to yeah. win. Yeah. And maybe the bar is like not a requirement, but maybe the time you need to do it. Kind of like that. It's like, yeah. hey, give me two hours to chop down the tree. Sure. Exactly. That's It'll the bar I'm trying to talk about. It's yeah. like, you know, you give those kids two hours to complete right. spine. They'll take two hours. Yeah. You give them one hour, they'll, they'll knock it out oh, in yeah. an hour. Well, because, you know, if, if I assign them an essay and I'm like, all right, you got two weeks. They're not going to start until one week and yeah. five days in. Then Right. But you learn as a teacher, like, okay, you got to create benchmarks that matter. Mm. Like, okay, the, the outline is a grade. Okay. Well, they don't want a zero on the outline. So they do the outline, but by doing the outline, they're like really prepared for the essay. Yeah, English class is real good at building those in those like benchmarks along the way. Yeah, not not we've other... gotten better. Yeah, we've gotten better. Um, it, I feel like it wasn't always that way, but mm. it's it's been there since I've been teaching for sure, and and before that. Yeah. So, yeah, I always felt like they had those there where it's kind of like, oh, you get you know, 
read this one chapter and then mm-hmm. it's just like okay so you read the one chapter and that didn't take that long mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about it and then right. write a little thing on it like you said write the outline okay right and, and just kind of you're yeah. kind of setting them up for success right that's what you yeah. want to do well and then you know i think the big challenge um with education and what we want to do is we always talk about like oh really know your students really learn your students mm. um that's one of the hardest things that you can do like it's not it's easy to learn your students and like kind of get an idea of what their uh, interests are but it's another thing to take that knowledge and apply it and to try to do that with every student is just super difficult it's super difficult um like there's a student of mine who uh this was like two years ago uh, we were working on an essay and you know we were like oh let's uh let's let's give the students 10 options like nine or 10 options to write this essay like they can write about these topics mm. and like wow that's great we've just uh, student autonomy right Go, not there's run kids yeah there's yeah, not, yeah oh man uh, and the topics were things like should u.s citizens be required to serve in the military should the first two years of college be free mm. should people be able to keep exotic animals as pets and we're like well, this covers everything knowing full well that there's topics that the reason we gave them topics is so that way they don't you know pick things like abortion gay rights yeah those like hot button topics that we think that students are incapable of talking about and And that could cause issues in the class dynamics yeah and it's not even that we think like they can't talk about them it's that we're we are afraid like uh is it worth like we're just trying to teach them it's not yeah we're trying to get them to think on their own and actually go in there and and research yeah and and i'm like very much on the side of like i think i think it is worth like letting them have those conversations Mm. but then you run into time like if we that's the hard part about teaching is like i've got this much time to do this thing it's not a lot can i devote a day to that conversation no not in the way that it's structured now i would love to have that conversation not to guide them in the way that that they think but i want to hear this student's view on like you know i want to hear this student's view on abortion i want to hear this student's view on abortion what led you to those conclusions what led you to those conclusions you know uh, and of course there's going to be parents that say you know why are they having these conversations you know why are you, you know and so there's always limitations but i remember so we had we had all these topics and we're like this is great and the fallacy is that if a student can't pick from those topics that they are just lazy and they're not going to write but that's not true it's 10 topics how many topics could somebody possibly write a persuasive essay about endless yeah that there's right? no number on mac that. versus pc oh yeah android versus iphone sure 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 right nintendo switch versus xbox yeah all tech right yeah, all th- yeah. but this kid is like i don't care about college mm. i don't care about the military i don't care about exotic animals i don't care about the age to be an adult i don't care about this i don't care about this i don't care about this okay so then it's like what do you care about mm-hmm. and w- are they going to tell you that if i'm like jeff what do you care about they know where that's going if as soon as they answer that question they're like this is just going to lead to work mm-hmm. right so what, you got to use some context clues but and i also think it takes time to figure out what you care about yeah, you know, it's like when you're in, you know, in high school, and we're talking about different. Obviously, they're mm. they're still figuring out life, so it's like maybe they don't have those. You know, us, we've we've gone through a little bit. What do yeah. I like? What do I really like? Right. What do I feel like I'm not having to push up a mountain for my? Sure. I I like this thing, this subject. Sure, when it's yeah. like, no, maybe you don't. If yeah. you don't intrinsically just like are interested in that thing, it's like remember that age where you're like you went from I love science to like that's that's a dangerous statement. Yeah. 
I right. think science is cool. Yes. But do you really love science? Yeah, exactly. Like, so, mm. you know, because if I was like, I love science, then, and they're like, oh, like, you know, you've been keeping up with, like, their discoveries on black holes. I'm like, I, like, I let saw me they rephrase that. I loved Interstellar. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but, you know, it's like, you, it's like when you ask a kid and you're like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And, you know, they're like, I don't know. And then you say, like, I know you like video games. And they're like, I know where this is going. Mm. Oh, you should design video games. Yeah. But that takes math and then and it, computer yeah. science. And then they know, see they, the trap. They, they see the know, trap. They know they're not dumb. You know, they know where this is all going. So sometimes you got to use context clues. Sometimes you got to use past conversations, right? And sometimes you got to, like, kind of hold their hand along the way. So for one of these students, and, and this is just one example, he looked at all 10, all 9 or 10 of those options, and he was like, I don't care about any of this. But I know that uh, I know that he's really into hunting. Mm. Really into hunting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have to kind of help him out. And I'm like... Um, I was like, is there a difference between hunting from a blind or hunting on foot? He's like, yeah, obviously. He's like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, which one do you normally do? And he's like, uh, like I do both. And I'm like, but are there some people who think you should only hunt on foot? He's like, well, yeah. I was Idiots. Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, but, but, yeah, but I'm no. like, uh, could you try to defend hunting from a blind? He's like, well, yeah, like there's there's this, there's this, mm. there's this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's your three paragraphs. There's your like, paper. You did it. And then I remember like, you know, th- I think this might have been my first year teaching. I remember like going home, like calling my parents, like I solved a problem today. Uh, and I'm like, and they're like, wow, great job. And I was like, I'm the best. Yeah, yeah. I'm such yeah, a good yeah. teacher. <laughs> mm. And then the next year, like... <laughs> Just not even, you know, it's like you get hit. Well, then you're like, like, I know nothing. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Exactly. Well, that's the humbling experience of life. Always. Anytime you think Always. you've got your shit together, or you're, you're killing yeah. it, and you can be killing it. And yeah. Enjoy the killing at time, but know yes. that it's not going to last. Yeah, but maybe don't take it forever. into like what I do. Yeah. Where it's like when I'm playing Mario Maker and I'm like, I'm amazing, I'm amazing. And then I like die in the love and I'm like, oh, I should have like sure. been focused. Well, then you keep dying at that first little thing yeah, and you're like, I'm yeah, awful at this oh game. God. Yeah. yeah, I remember like after my first year teaching, I was like, I've mastered classroom behavior. I've mastered this. Mm. I'm a differentiation machine. Like I'm so good, you know, and it's like my second year, I'm like, I'm... I'm so, this is awful. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. What What is the, it's a distribution line where it's like, you think you know everything, and I don't know if you know the term for it. It's like, you think you know everything, mm-hmm. and then you think you know nothing, right. but then you start working your way out of that. Sure. There's a specific term. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like you have your confidence is so high when yeah. you really actually know nothing yeah. because you don't know what you don't know well, and then you it's almost like the the opposite of imposter syndrome. Yes. I forget like, what it, there, do you yeah, know what I'm talking I, about though? Do you have you seen that before? I don't I don't know if I know the actual term. You know, for some reason what keeps like and I know that what this term means like the, you know, diminishing returns, like point of diminishing mm-hmm. returns. That's not what we're talking about, but yeah. there kind of reaches that point where you know, you feel like you're becoming better and better and better, and then you, like, plateau, right? That's, yeah. like, diminishing returns. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it means to be, like, on top of the mountain. Well, it's because when you first start learning from something, yeah. you're so confident, but you but have no learning. reason to be confident. Yeah. But then you go to this this valley where you realize, I know nothing, yeah. and then you're kind of depressed, and you're like, I don't know anything. Sure. But then you kind of have to work yourself oh, yeah. out of that valley. Yeah. And you realize, and, uh, you know, the, the reason it came up is because, I, when I was looking at programming, it's like that's a real prominent thing because when you first start, you're like, hello, world. You're like, I can do anything. Yeah. And then I'm awesome. Yeah. And then you well, go down the valley and you're like, I know nothing. I think it's like the concept of like, uh, the, you know, theory versus practice, right? Yeah. It's like um, I know coming out of grad school, 
for education, I was like, man, the perfect classroom is this and this and using this tactic and using this and doing this. And, and you're like, oh, man, like when I teach, I'm going to be master of my craft. And then you put it into practice. Mm. And then you see, wow, that really is a perfect world scenario. You know, like there's times where I look at like, oh, why isn't this school succeeding? If they only did this and this and this, like yeah. then they'd be fine. Yeah. You know, I had this idea um, before my first year of teaching. I was like, oh, all right, my classroom is just going to be like dark. And it's just going to be like lamps. And when they walk in. Lots of lamps. Yeah, like when they walk in, it's going to be like silent reading time. Oh, wow. And the lights are going to be dim. And the, you know those, you know those shoe, um, you know the shoe things that you drape over a door? And it's oh, like your yeah, math yeah. teacher would put, oh, yeah, put you the put calculators. Yeah, yeah, sure, you know, sure, like sure. I was like, oh, I was, I'm gonna buy all these little LED lamps. Oh, and their names are gonna be on them. Yeah, and like they're gonna go and they're gonna get their lamp and they're gonna bring it to their desk and they're gonna read and they're gonna know that when the lights are down, that's reading time. Wow. And they're gonna know that <laughs> deep inside, they've got this, right? And then I'm like, oh wow, and all the stress of the day when they walk into my place, it's gonna be. Hey, it's gone. That yeah, sounds so nice. Gone. How beautiful is that in Dude, theory? I like. I just want to nestle Imagine. into that theory and like Imagine. take a nap in it. And then here's what happens. Yesterday was a fire drill. We gotta make up some time. Uh, Sorry, kids. You can't yeah. read. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's just there's. Well, and they come something. in. They're blah blah. They come in all loud. Hey, the lights are down. D- D- Jeremy, Respect read the your process. book. Like, Look, God, don't do that with the lamp. Like, oh, yeah. you know what? Turn the lights on. We're done. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> in theory. Everything in theory sounds great. Right? And you just think about it, and you're like, I'm the best teacher. Yeah. How come no one's thought of this? Yeah. They have. Of course. They've, and it didn't work. It. Yeah, they tried it, right? And then and then it's like, okay, did you try it once or did you try it multiple times, right? Uh, these perfect world scenarios, it doesn't mean they w- won't work. It just means yeah. like you gotta test them, you gotta actually oh. do the data, you yeah. gotta like, you know. Um, and it's one of the things that they teach us in grad school. It's like all teachers need to be um, recorders of data. If you don't like one of the concepts we learned in grad school is like if you're not keeping at least like four charts, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, I in my first year, I was like, I better start keeping some charts. Mm. I Who wants to keep charts? Know, it's like, you know, like they were they were doing things like every time a student sleeps like chart it i'm like oh, why yeah i like I, you 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 keep mental charts in your head you know who's the sleeper in class yeah it's why you don't like it you know as soon as one kid sleeps for the first time you're like what are you doing you don't do that yeah. you know it's like if a kid's fallen asleep the last like five days that's when you ask them like you bring them out in the hall and you're like hey what's going on sure like, Coming okay. at them with from empathy, like, yeah, hey, are you, exactly. are you getting enough sleep tonight? Sure. What are you doing? Yeah, are you playing games all night? Let's be real here. Yeah, I and mean, we need to fix this. I'll, you know, I always tell them like, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, so just yeah. be honest. Like, yeah. you know, and then still, there's hesitation there, right? But well, we can connect with them at our age because it's like, look, I'm not really that much until older we than can't. you. Do. Until I don't know. we, I'm so worried. Yeah, but can we bridge that gap to yeah. where when you're older, you can still connect with them? Yeah, like, no, I was there. I'm not saying you can't. Like, it's no, the, I know, it's I know. The idea that we're young, right? Yeah, so it's easy, right? It's but, like I know yeah. what TikTok is. Yeah, <laughs> I know what TikTok yeah, they, is. Well, and I mess with my kids all the time. Like, I pretend like I'm like way out of touch, and they know I'm not. Like last year, um, one of my kids said mood. Like, I, I was like, man, yeah, I'm, like, it was, like, early in the year, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty tired, and they're like, mood, and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, mood, 
I don't know. See, I, I, I mean, yeah. I know what mood. I know it's being in a mood. By is, the but way, I never we're heard sound that as so being old right now with this conversation. And I was, I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Yeah, like I feel you." Oh, oh, nice. Right. I kind of like that. Yeah, but like it's hilarious to me. So then I was like, I started just saying it, mood. and every time I was like. You know, like one kid was like, Ugh, and I was like, mood. And they're like, oh, please stop. And I'm oh, like, that I like, got cringy. I'm like, I immediate, like dad joke. Like <laughs> I try to, to be just cool. like, yeah, well, in all like, um, I remember, and I, I mess with my kids sometimes. Like, you know, my first year teaching uh, Supreme was like peak popularity. And what is Supreme? What are you talking so about? old. Dude, I'm, am I? Yeah. Supreme. I mean, I guess I now now that I'm actually connecting. Okay, I probably Supreme? Supreme, dude. Like, I don't know how would you use it. See, I don't know. No, it's not a saying. I don't know. That's the thing. I'm not, it's not, I'm not saying. cool. It's, it's close. I played Supreme. World of Warcraft Supreme. in high school. Have you school. never seen a shirt that says Supreme on it? Maybe. How can you have a popular show if you don't? No, I'm kidding. But like, oh yeah, god, no, here no. come the insecurities. No, look, uh, Supreme is like a clothing brand. I'm, I can okay. barely explain it. A clothing brand, like, they also create things like stickers and stuff, but it's got Supreme cool. on it. But they only release, like, so much of something. So oh, there's a rarity, how limited. Right? Oh, Jesus. It's like, like the Well, the Yeezy. It's like the... Yeah. I mean, they're only releasing a hundred of the new Jordans. Well, okay, like, you know, Daniel's brother, Stephen, like, yeah. with the shoes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like concept. that. But, with, but with, with Supreme, it's like, oh, they're, doing, they're releasing this sweater mm. at, you know, Stonebriar Mall. And you're like, okay... How and much is like, that sweater? Is it they, they charge? Oh my. Okay. All right. Sometimes, right? And then sometimes it's like, oh, it's a hundred dollars, but the resale it's value. But when I heard the kids talk about it, I couldn't help but be like, you know, hey, are some of them holographic? And they're like, what? And I'm like, are some of them holographic? And they're like, do they like shine? And yeah. I was like, they're like, yeah, I guess. And I was like, you know, okay, are you gonna? You know, do you guys trade them back and forth? And they're like, yeah, sometimes, you know, I do this and that, like maybe a shirt for like some, like a set of stickers. And I was like, okay. And so like, I, I was just, you know, I started referring to them as trading clothes. Mm. Ah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. You know, and it, it, cause it just felt like they were playing with Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Definitely. Oh, yeah. did you got the holographic October edition yeah, Supreme the, jacket? Yeah. Uh, One kid, he gave me, and I mean, it was very sweet. Like, and I still appreciate it to this day. Um, he was like, hey, I really appreciate, you know, what you did, and I got you something. I was like, oh, thanks. And he gave me these stickers. It was like Scarface <laughs> stickers, like like three stickers of, like, the movie Scarface, yeah. but it had Supreme in the corner. Oh, wow. It was just pictures from the movie, but it had Supreme in the corner. He's like, those are worth a lot of money. And I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, yeah, a well, high school kid just gave me stickers. That, and that's important to him. Yeah, no, and it is. Yeah. And I was very appreciative. Yeah. Well, it's like when a little kid comes up yeah. to you and you're like, I drew you this. And you're like, yeah. oh. I mean, in your head, you're like, well, that looks And rough, then I but actually looked you. up the price of the stickers, and he gave me something like $45 worth of stickers. And Jesus. I was like, I don't even like Scarface. Yeah. But, like, you yeah. know, it's, like, yeah. very cool. But, yeah. to, but to them, you know, that means a lot. Um, there's things that I think we put value in that, doesn't mean we anything. did the same things when they were there. I imagine it's our parents different. when Pokemon came out. We were just, oh yeah, we just couldn't stop. I just I would just stare at the cards for hours. I don't think any of us knew how to play the, no, the, the trading no. card game. I didn't learn until I was a, a man. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Really, kind of like you just took your knowledge of like the show and the game, and you were yeah. like, "My Blastoise beats your uh, Ditto." Yeah, and they're like, "Of course it does." Yeah, of course. Yeah, I use water. I mean, hydro pump. You didn't have to. Put the put the, uh, the actual energy energies on them. No, <laughs> like I use, I, dude, I use hydro pump. Yeah, you know, you played the Game Boy game. 
and they just you got it i got the pp yeah <laughs> i got five what, out a, of five. what a terrible like a yeah PP. i don't even know what that stands for no one does like i, I, I like i, I, I hp kind of, is health points yeah right? health points that that seems power points maybe i yeah I would think it would be bad. But why? You know, it's like, why? But no one knows what PP is. <laughs> but we all know what it is if you've played yeah, any Pokemon Yeah, it's like that's how many times you can use that move. Of course. You know, your favorite move. Did you ever have that favorite move where you're like, dang, I've used this 20 times since I've healed? Like, I'm a beast. I'd use, I just use the most powerful, you know, yeah, Hyper Blast. Yeah. You know, get a Dratini, get a Dragonite, yeah. Hyper Blast. The games are just day. not difficult at all, though. Like, I played the newest I one. I couldn't agree with you more. I hate the gyms where it's like, I'm the fire gym guy and i'm like all right let me get like two pokemons that look like a clam yeah and, or the ice cream and cone I'm, and i'm fine yeah like you have oh you have a level 40 fire thing here's a level 30 seahorse yeah and they're like how did i lose and i'm like because you you need to diversify Diver- yeah diversify dog you can't yeah. be straight fire you know that yeah you're a gym leader <laughs> well they never upgraded and then Okay, so this is my thing with the new Pokemon games sure. is they made experience share used to be like a super hard thing to get in the old games and it was like gold because then you didn't have to cuz you didn't have to slog through getting that one Pokemon who was level like 8 yeah and then grind them all mm-hmm. the way up. It's like, "Oh, just throw an experience share." And they just give it to you now. Yeah, that, they do. You never have to change Pokemon. But you if know you don't what though? To. That I think that's a good, good thing. No, it's not because they're not you're coddling them. I guess. You're coddling Look, them. I haven't finished the game. I, I may I, never. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. You could if you want. It's not hard. Coddling of the American mind. Did we, are millennials, you know, stronger? Because, geez, we're not strong at all. But like, no, we're, but like do dude, we feel like we're stronger? generation is yeah. just like, you're do we, pussies. Right. Do I mean, we feel better because we didn't have experience share? You know, as Pokemon? Like I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had it, but I didn't. Yeah. And then you had to grind, like I said, you had to take that Pokemon that you didn't ever, or he was so far low level and all the others, and you had to yeah. start back at the beginning and yeah. grind him up, and it took time. That's why okay. the hard days, right? <laughs> That's why you just picked Squirtle. You like you were a yeah, Squirtle man. Yeah, because like you're you were fine on the rock gym. Right out of the gate, you no, had the advantage. No issues. I didn't oh, have to level yeah. up Pidgey. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's why yellow was the hardest one. Because when they were like, "Hey, here's Pikachu. Good luck with the rocks. good luck with Brock, who's sitting, you know, yeah, right down like, the road." Yeah, and then yeah. you just had to sand attack him and just like peck out of frustration. Oh, you with know? the pit, you can't take a Pidgey to a rock battle. You got to get the Nidoran that's to the side. I guess so it can poison the rock. There Come on, go. Jeff. There you go. Jeez. Hey, he was more effective. Yeah. I- <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. Like that's what the education system needs. It's just like a Pokemon class where it's like. Hey, take a Pikachu and try to do what you can in the rock gym. Yeah, good like luck. Life, and we'll call it That's life, life skills. Well, that is a life skill. <laughs> take this Pikachu who has yeah. no advantage versus these other guys and yeah. have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I miss those days. I mean, nostalgia is such a powerful drug. It is. Again, like, we have nostalgia for decades we weren't even alive in. Mm. Like, I watch Stranger Things, and I'm like, yeah, for real. Uh, I get you. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. But it feels cool. It feels... Like, it makes me feel good when people who grew up in the 80s were like, it feels like the 80s. I'm like, right? Mm. Right? I told you. But you kind of understand what they mean, though. Yeah. Or, like, you yeah. show them Freaks and Geeks, and they're like, yeah, this is how it was. Mm. And you're like, I told you it was a good show. Mm. I'm waiting for, like, the uh, Freaks and Geeks of, like, our generation. Of the 90s? <clears throat> or uh, of, like, 2000s? Yeah, 2000s, yeah. Because yeah. the 90s, like, you know, I was watching, like, Adventures of Pete and Pete, and it's like... 
Was that Nickelodeon? Yeah, you know. I, never I don't even really remember that show. I just remember yeah. I watched it. Mm. Like Rugrats. Sure. You know. And then, you know, we're gatekeepers as well. Right? We are? Yeah, yeah we def- are. Everyone's gatekeepers. And you're not trying... I mean... Sometimes I'm trying. I mean, look at them shitting on the new Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, right. Shitting on the new Pokemon game. It's like, just relax, Grandpa. Yeah. Well, my big thing was like when I realized all my students had watched the same SpongeBob episodes as me. That you? Oh. I was like, whoa, because I I was like, oh, you grew up with late Pokemon or Pokemon. You grew up with late SpongeBob, and they're like, no. I remember all the best. SpongeBob. The earlier seasons are gold. Yeah, they're great. I mean, the Bubble Bowl. Who doesn't? That's the yeah. that's the pinnacle to me, SpongeBob. How, okay, can we? We can go anywhere you want, baby. This is so dumb. But no, take it. When when Super Bowl fans like when fans on Reddit, just recently, I knew where you're going. With yeah, where they I were didn't like, like how they did it. Yeah, well, they were like, uh, well, I I was just like, there's no way they're devoting Super Bowl time to Sweet Victory from SpongeBob. Maroon Five is not gonna sing Sweet Victory, right? Sweet Sweet Victory, yeah, yeah right. Like, they're not doing that in the Super Bowl. Like, and so people were like, they're going to do it. The I whole was, internet you know was what, like. You know whose camp I was in? That side. I was like, come on. Well, yeah, you can be like, come on. And I watched the halftime. I mean, yeah. number five, cool. Okay, whatever. But. Well, and I watched it being like, it'd be cool if they did. But I know they won't. See, you set your bar at a really, um, probably realistic point. Yeah. Everyone else had it so high. I was like. Yeah, and then yeah. they were all like, well, then we're all how bummed. could this happen? Because they had that one clip where it was like, burr, 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 right? And then it was like, you know, bum, bum, bum. and it was like Animals or whatever by Maroon 5. Yeah. And people were like, you know, they're ruining the memory of SpongeBob because, no, well, you know, the creator had passed away. Yeah, and they were yeah, like, yeah. You know, he deserved better. And I was like, they don't owe him anything. No. They don't owe us anything. No. Who are we to think that they should owe us <laughs> <laughs> we're such our hey we want this and yeah. we want and if you don't give it to us we're going to be real well, upset it's like when them. I look at those petition things where it's like sign a petition I'm like why yeah even if there's a million signatures e-signatures yeah, yeah. well it's like uh, sign a petition to get Donald Trump out of the office I'm like that's those not are, how that works yeah, those are goofy that's not how that works yeah. we, you know it's like if there's enough of an internet voice it's going to happen it's like I guess you know how many people wanted Half-Life 3 to come out and they were like but people don't know what they want. And so they're like, you don't want Half-Life 3 because you're going to criticize it because guess where your bar's at? Yeah. To the moon. So yeah. guess what we're going to give you? We're going to give you Half-Life. But it's going to be a little different. Yeah. Is it called Alex? Did you yeah. play Half-Life? No, no, I haven't played a single Half-Life. I, I guilty myself, it. but I think that that should be a path we should... I, I mean, do you have any interest in checking that not out? At all. Really? Not, not at even, all. you know, how highly so, okay, acclaimed you, they are? You know, I mean, like... If we try to keep up with, like, all the precursors to what we love now, mm. right? Like, okay, if somebody – when somebody says, like, how have you not listened to every Elton John album? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, you know how much Elton John has influenced the music you listen to today? I was like, okay, how much – you know, have you listened to Miles Davis? Yeah. Have you listened to, you know – Keep going back. Who influenced God, Elton? It's like, who influenced? Oh, oh, did you listen to Ravel? Yeah. Like, oh, who's Ravel? Oh, who's Ravel? Dude, people who say that, you don't know – it's like there's right. a lot of information so, out there. So, you know, there. if somebody's like, you know, do you know how much Half-Life has influenced games? I'm like, cool, and I'm glad it did. I'm glad it did because now we are – we're here we're, where we are. But I guarantee you I'm not going to play that game and say it's my favorite game. It can't be because yeah. you're not – It yeah. Because I saw the greatness that led up to it, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you know, uh, and look, I like Elton John, everything I've heard, but I'm not about to sit through a full Elton John album. No. Well, I'll stick to the hits, you yeah. know? 
And then there's there's artists where I listen to every song mm-hmm. they've ever created. You definitely do that. On repeat. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, I, I don't need to listen to Cream. Is that an Elton John song? No. But oh, that's see, a, I don't even know. Well, that's like they, they did Sunshine of Your Love, right? Mm. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Ask anybody who's like a classic rock fan, like, and I bet a big portion of them would be like, hey, what's a, name a couple Cream songs. And they'll be like, nah. No. I'm not going to play your game. But if you're not coming out there and saying like, if you were to say, I'm an Elton John fan. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Then it'd be like, well, okay, you, you got to listen to more than just like, um, you know, Rocket Man. Sure. You, you better have gone through a couple of the albums a few times. Does, does, no, you don't agree with that? No. You I could say you're a be, fan of him with only listening to, you know, five or six. I guess. Can yeah, you be an Adam Sandler fan? A big Adam Sandler fan without liking Jack and Jill? Without liking Jack and Jill. Yeah, I think you can. What if you've only seen three Adam Sandler movies? Could you still be a big fan? I See, this is where I think. I don't... Bit, there's, there's, like, so there's like a thing. I'm a fan of... Okay, I'm a fan of Adam Sandler. Yeah. Okay, I've seen a couple movies. Okay, cool. But if you say I'm a big fan, big really takes yeah. it to like, oh, so you've actually like, it goes back to what you're talking about. Are, what are you an expert in? It's like, okay. So if you're saying yeah, I'm but a does big, big fan, mean like. Well, I, experts further yeah. than big fan, of course. But if you're a big fan of someone, you better have seen more than three Adam Sandler. I'm not even a big fan of it. Because you don't want someone that says, I'm not really a big fan of his, but like, yeah, I've seen 50 first dates. Like, come on. You know See, what I mean? All right, let me pose a question to you. Yeah. Can a six-year-old be a big fan of the Philadelphia Eagles? 100% because, and this is, we're going to go on a whole other thing here. Being a child and being a fan of a team is the most connected and intimate you'll ever be with that team because when they lose, you lose. Okay. All and right. that's this is a core thing for me as a sports fan. Yeah, but, but they I'll didn't never, see the, like, 1970s. They couldn't. Like, you know what I mean? They can't. Like, but see, like you're adding expertise, to, like you're picking and choosing. No, no, because they didn't have a choice. What if you're a big Adam Sandler they fan, didn't but have you a only choice. watched his Saturday Night Live specials, like his Saturday Night Live performances. You were a big Adam Sandler fan, but you only watched the SNL specials? Like the SNL skits he was in. Could you be a big Adam Sandler and fan? And never saw any of his movies. never saw any of his, his movies. No. No. But what if, like, those You have are, a you, choice. Like, you rewatch those specials all the time, or those skits all the time. Why would you not peak few of his movies maybe you never got around to it dude go watch some of his movies couldn't okay see but like you have a choice with the six-year-old thing with the kid it's like he didn't have a choice he wasn't yeah. around in the 70s of course he never saw the red wings and right. when you're a kid you're you know he's just he's learning he's learning it's okay yeah as a sports fan i yeah. connect with that kid um when you have a choice and you say i'm a big fan of something yeah you should have probably you should if you're really a big fan if you're really a big fan of that guy See what else is out there. I guess, like, okay, so, <clears throat> like, years ago, I went to a Yes concert, right? Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> right? And, I, I, yeah. like, you know Yes if you've seen, you know that meme where it's like, right, where it's like, to be continued? <laughs> then you've heard Yes, okay, right? Okay. Right. I'm sure I have, yeah. So, uh, me and my good friend Matt and my mom, we went to a Yes concert, and they played, like, you know two albums like close to the edge and roundabout and there were a lot of people there who they were like i'm just at a yes show i'm here for the hits yeah but then Mm. when and then on the encore that's when they played the hits Mm -hmm. and they were like i got it right like when you look at their faces they're big yes fans 
but they didn't they're know. They're fake big yes fans. I don't they're know. fans? Gatekeeper. I'm a gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. I'm a gatekeeper. You're Whatever. A gatekeeper. They're fans. They're fans, and they're having a good time, and they love the song. Yeah. But they they haven't invested the time that it takes yeah. to be a big fan. They're phony big fans. You're can, not really you a big fan. A, you like the hits. Can you be a big fan of Star Wars and only like the original trilogy? No, because you can. That you've seen the others. Now you can only like. You know what I mean? I you know I know all the Star Wars, uh -huh. but yeah. W I mean, I would say when you're a big fan, your view on that topic means so much yeah. whether you like or dislike something because you actually do know if you were like ah i love star wars i've only seen the original three i love them but you never saw anything else it's like well then how do you know you love them you can love them because they're great movies but yeah. like you can't compare them to the other star wars movies so you can't say i like star wars you got it i'm a gatekeeper yeah you're a gatekeeper. i'm a gatekeeper but when it comes to that, that's just how I feel about it. It's like yeah. if you're a big fan and you have a choice, you should invest some time and become a real big fan. Can you fan. be a big fan of Bob Ross and never have painted, like one of his paintings along with him? Ooh, this is this is an interesting one. Can you be a big fan of Bob Ross and you've never painted, but you just watched like, him a like, whole lot? Like you know, because his painting, or like his show's kind of designed for you to kind of follow along. Sure. I so yeah, I think you can. Okay. I'm not saying this is a. This is this wouldn't hold up in the scientific theory of no, like yeah. it has holes in it. Yeah. But I do think if you like, I'm a big fan of Bob Ross, and you never painted, mm -hmm. but you watched all of them, and and you know about him, yeah. and maybe you know about the struggles yeah. he's gone through, yeah. and you know how his wife like yeah. died or something, and that's sure. kind of what has made him who he is. You're a big fan of Bob Ross. Yeah. All right. I just okay. So when I'm someone a big can, fan of the Beatles, yeah. All right, but there's a lot of Beatles gatekeepers out there. Oh, I'm sure where they're wrong. like, uh, what's your favorite album? I could be like, I, I don't know, maybe Revolver, but I really only like like two or three. You only like two or three tracks from mm -hmm. Revolver. Are you kidding me? Are mm -hmm. you out of your mind? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Like, I, sorry, I, I'm a big fan of Beatles hits. And they're like, oh, you only like the hits, but you don't listen to, you know, uh, what's the one song where it's like, lovely Rita, Mita, Maid. I'm not. A, yeah. Okay. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a fun song. It's a fun but song. But you no know it. that. You know, know it, it, and have you heard it? Yeah. I've but heard you, that doesn't mean you have to be a fan. You can be a big fan of something and not like everything they do. I think that is what being a big See, fan is. We just talked about, about the Star Wars thing. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you said, but they have to, you have to partake in all of it. You got to partake in it. And then okay. you can say, like, but your viewpoint on that subject means what more. What if I never watched any of the Beatles movies? Fuck the movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. What you know, like yeah. Well, yeah. That's how I. You it's know. just it's yeah. it's whether you view everything in entirety or do you think that so, there's like a if if a catalog is like a hundred percent, can you partake in seventy percent and still yeah. be a big fan? Yeah, definitely. Okay. But you just gotta cross this barrier where it's like the most minimal effort. Yeah. If you're gonna be a big fan, you gotta cross the minimal effort yeah. barrier where it's like yeah. I would say, you know, oh, I like the Beatles, and if I only know four songs, you know, I know like you know what ten songs or whatever yeah. of theirs. Every ten songs, everyone ever knows. And if someone came to me and said, I'm a big fan of the Beatles, oh wow, and they they only know the ten songs I know that everyone knows. Well, then you're really not a big fan of the Beatles. Yeah, that's how I feel on that. Yeah, I um, you know, I'm a gatekeeper about a couple things. Thank you. Welcome. Okay. Yeah. Like I've just been hiding them. I've been high grounding, you know. So, yeah. Like, talk about Star Wars. Yeah, no. The look, high ground? No, the... Yeah, boo. Boo. Uh, boo. Boo the high ground joke. The, uh, <laughs> the the thing that I gatekeep like no other. Yeah. And I even challenge my students on them. Like, it's like the one thing... If a student I know can handle, like, me messing with them a little yeah, bit... Yeah, a little like, prodding. That's it. good for them. Yeah. Like, I'll see a kid 
come in with a Thrasher shirt. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you skate. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wait, do you know what Thrasher is? They're like, yeah, it's a clothing company. I'm like, no, it's mm. not. It's, You're about to get an F. Yeah. No, I'm, just I'm like, it's a skateboard magazine. A what? A skateboard magazine. They're oh, like MAGA. They're just like, what? I just like this. <laughs> they're like, I just like the shirt. I'm like, okay. Like you remember, but, remember but, when Poser you, was like the worst thing you can be called and it's like fifth grade and like maybe it was just me like growing up but like if you skateboarded and somebody else was skateboarding but like they didn't really get into it, you're like what a poser. Mm. Like I I'm like twenty nine yeah. and I see a kid wearing a thrasher shirt and yeah. I'm just like poser. When you see them wearing a thrasher shirt, do you see that them symboling I'm a big fan of Thrasher? No, I see them as like like did you wear that shirt because somebody else thought it was Mm. You, did you see like, an why are you wearing that shirt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The why is, is important. I know. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I, I got I to gotta think, like, what do I do? That's on the same level. We do the same. We, we do all same do the thing. same stuff. Yeah. Why did I buy Ray-Bans? They do look good on my face. But, I'm like, sh- you know, it's <laughs> like but, but why did I? You know, I could have gone with off-brand Ray-Bans. Well, you could, everyone could go off-brand, but you, that little. If someone's like, oh, corner. you want some polarized glasses? Like, sport, polarized sports glasses like yeah do you fish like yeah no i don't, I yeah. don't know no. i don't know you know we find those things we always got to find ways to like be superior i know i know even as a, even as a teacher i gotta tell myself like i'm better than these kids yeah. like it's even, the most unhealthy thing of course you know but we do it so naturally and it's such, such a part of like who we are i think being aware of it though is key it's like you can kind yes. of you're aware, okay i'm being this yeah relax yeah we do it it's like you don't even yeah. think you're doing it and then you do it and then you're like then that thing over you, your conscious over you is going like, just real, like quit being like that. And you're like, oh, I'm being silly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like the thrasher thing. All right. Or whatever. It's like, sure. Right, bring it back. Yeah. You're just like, nice. I, uh, these, they're kids. He's a kid. Kids. And I'm a kid. I'm a kid. Yeah. We're kids. We are kids. People look at us and go, look and then at those kids, kids. Hear this and they're like, look at those old. Yeah, yeah, I know. You ever had boomer? Have you noticed? Oh, dude, I got called a boomer unironically. And I was like, you need to look up that. I would pause them and say. No, not even. Close. That's not. That's not what. Not even close. Come on, that's not even what your parents. We're are. kind of on the same team. Yeah. And honestly, millennials are the reason that Boomer has become so strong because we've been called millennials. For well, the we ruined Chili's, we ruined TGI Fridays. Well, you know, TGI Fridays ruined themselves. Millennials started brewing their own beer, and so like Budweisers, yeah. like you know what I mean. I, like, I just mean it's because we've been called millennials. Sure. You know when oh I don't want to go to work today, <laughs> the Boomers okay millennial. You know, you're such a millennial. Yeah. So then we had, it's like. It's like, I can't drive stick. Well, I, well, I, I, I can. It's like, yeah, that's all that existed yeah. for a while. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. Like, don't what, what is the what gen, what's know. the gen after ours? The, the kids nowadays? Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. D- did they have that same, it's not like a stereotype. I mean, but we like, were just talking about how they didn't have, like, we didn't, we didn't have phones when they were there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we find those things. Well, I just mean, like, so we were called millennials a lot. And I got that, I, that term mm-hmm. is, I've sure. heard that so many, anytime we're feeling weak, yeah, yeah. open, vulnerable. Yeah. Okay, millennial. Uh, do they have that term when it comes to, like, okay, Gen Zer? Well, or no, it actually. Like, the there's way, something that flows. So the way it works is, like, so the generation before us was Gen X. Yeah. We're actually called Gen Y. Mm. And that's why Gen Z is called Gen Z. What's after Gen Z? Is that we starting it all over? I don't know. Okay. You know, climate change and stuff. They didn't. We're not going to be care. here. No, we I'm based it around the <laughs> Mayan calendar. Done. You know, so the Mayans were like, nah. So we were like, all right. Well, mm. like, what was Gen B? It was like Moses. Jebediah, yeah. <laughs> That's the oldest. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's like. 
So, no, they call us millennials because, you know, we, like our formative years were shaped around the millennium. Mm. And what they usually do is they define a generation based around a significant event. So mm. if you're a millennial, a big portion of your life is shaped around 9-11, believe it or not. And so Gen X didn't have that life-shaping moment, so they didn't get a cool name. You know? So they're just called, that's why they're called Gen the, X. The baby boomers were given that name because when all, you know, these people came back, you know, from war, from war those were kids. the kids of the greatest generation so yeah. and I could be getting this totally wrong so, but it's okay but yeah like Gen X like Gen X is the parents of the kids I see now yeah yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense because like they're, they're gonna be are like 35 late to 45 boomers. yeah our parents are like late boomers like the yeah. tail end of, of, of the, the baby boomer generation that's 60 right something like that 50 to 60 is boom. yeah like late 50s early 60s would be like the cutoff of like the the, the baby boomers from what i understand yeah. and then gen x because i know millennial millennial if you're called a um a millennial that actually goes to like nowadays current like 35 yeah like anyone who's like 35 and younger or you know 35 i guess they're like i don't know 20 or whatever that gap well, is no it could be 40 no, like my, like my. I thought eighty five. You know, I've looked into I mean, this like a little bit. I thought, yeah, I thought like, eighty nineteen eighty five was like the kind of the cutoff where it's like yeah. okay, eighty five and above, eighty six and above. And there's always that window. There's well, it's not, it's not real. It's kind yeah, of this made. Real. It's really it's not, not real. real. Yeah. It's all made up. Yeah, like because my my I consider my older brother to be Gen X, and he's like forty one. You know? He would be Gen X. I would say Gen yeah, X. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, he like he he grew up like well, like within the nineties as a teenager. He actually got to experience the 90s. Yeah. We, you know, we're, um, you know, I'm 91. It's kind of sure. like, I didn't really experience the 90s at all. Because I didn't really start, like, understanding, you know, kind of getting what yeah. I, I don't There's even no remember. There's no metacognition. No, not when I'm six. Yeah. You know, I I probably more, I'm connected more, like, 2000, because mm-hmm. that's when you're kind of coming into yourself, your Look, teens. 2000 through 2006 was, like, our time. Yeah. Everything after 10 2006 was, like, our, like, okay, now we're developing what happens next. Yeah. But, you know, when you're in middle school and you're in high school, like, those are, like, those are your years, yeah. right? That's, like, the, the generation definer for you. Yeah. Like, what was the music you listened to in high school? Or the games you played in high school? Who were the, the popular teams? Like, who were the celebrity icons? Like, celebrity icons, like, played just as much in their generations as anything else. Definitely. But, yeah. Yeah. So the new generation is iGen. <clears throat> is that what they're called? Have you ever heard of that iGen? Just no. because of the iPod. Yeah, it's well, like, but, no, that's, that would be Gen Z, right? Yeah, that's what I mentioned, Z. What did I say? I thought I was talking about the one after after. Yeah, us. well, yeah, but I guess, like, so iGen is after Gen Z? No, I thought iGen was Gen Z. Oh, see, like, I've heard Maybe so not. many different things. Like, I call them the broadcast generation. Yeah. Because they're the first generation. Did you hear that from someone, or is that just kind of like, because it makes sense. I it mean, really like, makes sense I, to me. I'm like, I don't yeah, know if I heard it from somebody, but, like, they, they really do broadcast everything they do. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it kind of makes sense. Like, we broadcast a lot, and honestly, like, you know, people in the Baby Boomer and, and Gen X, they broadcast a lot, too. But it's like these kids, they've only seen people just feeling the need to broadcast. Well, they grew up with broadcast. We didn't grow up with yeah. the ability to broadcast. I remember, like, really discovering what YouTube could be in, like, 2010. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's going to change everything. I was like, I want to be a YouTuber. Sure. Like, look at these YouTubers. They're great. Like, And what if you would have done that in 2010 to today? You probably would be some big time youtube streamer yeah right yeah i tried maybe no i i I, you know if you did if you do something for 10 years i actually created a youtube channel in 2010 and i I had like a little series and i got uh, i got a couple you know i got a few few thou views a few thou not bad on a couple videos and uh then i realized i was just being mean 
I was just being what mean in my videos. What were you doing on your videos? Uh, you know, just I, as an adolescent, you don't know sure, what you're doing. Sure, yeah. Just I mean, you know, I was like interviewing people at Colin College and like, you know, kind of like making fun of them without them realizing it. I mean, it was it was mean. It was mean. Oh. Like a condescending little kid. Yeah. It's like, you know, the awkward interviews that are really popular mm. where it's like, uh, here's this guy. And like, it's like all gas, oh, no breaks. Yeah. Like all gas, no breaks. Which I love. Yeah, it's great. They're it's so great. Funny. But like, you know, they don't realize He's, that like the purpose of what I'm doing is actually going against like. What you think yeah, you want to see yeah, on yeah, this. For yeah. sure. It's kind of like you're the butt of the I joke. called it socially awkward. Okay. So like, yeah. Did you purposely find people that were like. A little more awkward you thought that would be good good views i mean yeah like and, and you know, i don't want to talk about it too no, much because i, know. It was I just don't want to get those times where you're like home. i'm just you were like, like yeah you were just figuring yeah it out, i was man. just like you know this is what i need to do i guess and this is this is content oh this is con- oh, it's it like content, it's like you know the kids were like we have to prank we have to prank we have to prank and it's like that's that's what was content so like i did you know when i was watching youtube it was hey look at these funky interviews of these strange people yeah well, that's also like when Jackass was like going. You know sure, what I mean? We yeah. Jackass and uh, what are yeah. some of the other shows that were around during that time? I don't know. Jackass. I mean, and Viva La Bam. Like, Viva La Bam. Yeah. Something boys. Yeah, yeah Wild Boys. Wild. Boys. You know the whole Jackass crew. You know. Yeah. God, I mean that was great TV. That was the best. TV. But maybe the worst thing for us. Yeah. Like, what do you learn from that? Nothing. I mean, not. I loved it though. Oh, I like, loved Jackass too. To to this day, oh. that's the funniest movie I've ever yeah. watched in my life sure. because of the time of the age I was. Yeah. Plus, yes, people doing those Again, things. It was I like had right never around the Borat time and stuff like that too. Like Same. we were just we were ready for that. We were, we were receptive to that content. The age that we were yeah. was primed yeah. to think that was the funniest thing yeah. on the planet. And now and I see was. some comedies and I'm like, I'm just not in that. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. I'm yeah. too old. Now when I watch Jackass, I'm just like, oh, that's going to hurt. Like, don't do – stop. Like, like I kind of want him to stop. I'm yeah, like, like don't – I've busted – You're like 45. Like, I've stop. busted my knees, like, multiple times by now. And so now I just think about, like, oh, if I did anything like that, my knees would be gone. Yeah. Which no. is, like, the worst thing to say when you're 29. Like, I've already, like, blown out my knees. And you're like, God, what have you been doing? <laughs> like, why are you so <laughs> like, unhealthy? Like, yeah, it's like, health? Come on, bro. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, I can't oh, – I, I hate milk, you know, so – well, I, I think that might be a scam too. Like they they created the, by the milk industry. You know, strong bones drink milk. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I not. Know. I'm an idiot when it comes to that. Like I am, I'm not. I am kind of too. I'm into health and fitness, but I haven't looked into like the whole. Yeah. I mean, I guess it does calcium. It is okay. hard to like just say like yeah, scientists know what they're talking about when they're the same people that came up with the food pyramid. Sure. And they're like, you need to eat ten loaves of bread a eat day. Eat all that grain. It's like, why am I feeling so tired? <laughs> yeah. Well, then you look where they're being funded from, right? Yeah. So these scientists, you know, you got to drink your milk. And it's like, that dude's getting $100,000 yeah. from Borden. Yeah. Of course he's going to say drink milk. And they're pretty much telling him, hey, tell these kids to drink some milk. Yeah. You know. So. And then yeah. you got a couple athletes on there with the milk stashes. Yeah. That kind of died down. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. I've seen a few of them, but how much are they paying those guys? I don't know. It's like McNabb when he was doing Chunky Soup commercials. Like, was yeah. he really eating Chunky Soup? Like, does he really open up a can of chunky soup and it's like it's just like my mom he's, no he's not he's got like a personal chef like, I don't know yeah he's, he's nothing genuine I agree authenticity man again well that's what we're looking for nowadays existentialism authenticity let's wrap it all back up to ex- you know. back to existentialism 
Yeah. It almost feels ridiculous to go to that topic when we've gone through Chunky Soup from Pokemon. It's hard to get serious again with uh, those topics. Yeah, well, but you know, existentialism doesn't have to be serious. It's just the study of existence. Which is silly. What is existence? It could be Pokemon today. Yeah. You know, nobody has defined that life has to have a meaning over the course of a lifetime. Today, the meaning of life can be, let's talk on a podcast. Tomorrow, the meaning of life. You could have a new meaning of life every day if you wanted to. I'm exhausting. a firm believer of that. I think you're right, though. I think you could. Yeah. Sounds exhausting. Yeah. But you could. But you could live your life that way. You could live. And I'm sure people yeah. are doing something along those lines. It sounds a little crazy, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you do kind of want to figure, okay, what is the meaning? And then you, you, feel, you feel like you're withering away at, like, I don't know, the, the leaves are like the dust on it. And you're just trying to like get to what is the core of this thing. And then yeah. once you get to the core, whatever you're doing, you can figure it out. Yeah. You know. You but if you're down. switching to Apple, 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 without kind of digging a little yeah. bit, it's kind of like, all right, you got to dig into gotta that dig. core. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Well, Life. Yeah. Existentialism. stuff. What a funny, what an interesting topic to go down that led through yeah. a bunch. I mean, Again, you talk about life here, talking about existentialism. That's all it boils down to. Yeah. But you can connect anything to anything. That's the English teacher in me. Why are the shades brown? Okay. I don't know. The author decided he wanted to. So, oh, I, I, I want to go. No, I do want to go down that because I did always yeah. feel like okay. anytime they were like, oh, what does the umbrella mean to this? And sometimes, and you know, you're looking at painting and like, the umbrella means this with the rain coming mm, sure. down. This. It's like, yeah. you know, maybe he just did an umbrella. Yeah, there's um, there's always going to be the camp that says like unless the author spoke specifically, about, yeah. yeah. But you know, it, I, I think it just depends on the work that you're looking at. Mm. You know, if you feel like if you feel like colors brought up by an author are repetitive enough to where they become a motif, something that builds on a theme, builds on an idea, you know, to where it's like, okay, I can see, I can clearly see that this means something. I'll give you an example: uh, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. like yellow and mustard colors anytime you see it it's associated with danger but it takes you oh. like looking back at it to understand i didn't know but that. it's there like yeah. you know when he gets when he gets diagnosed with cancer in the first episode the only thing he can focus on is the mustard on the doctor's shirt you know gus I constantly wears like mustard shirts like yellow yeah. shirts yeah you know, you go back and you look and you can say it's nothing, but it's like, well, then why was it always this way? And so I think when you can go and you can say, here's the connection, right, then you go for it. But if, if an author just says, you know, in in a room with blue shades and things like that, if you feel like the shades aren't that important or they don't keep coming up or a color keeps coming up, then, you know, maybe it's not. Sometimes you really have to read the entire thing and go back and ask, was that deliberate or yeah. was that just a detail? What is the theme that I'm seeing? You know, we this? were talking about the Great Gatsby. It's like the, the curtains are billowing mm. and things like that. And then Tom comes into the room and closes things up and then it kind of dies down. Well, if you come back and realize like, oh, Tom really kind of is this precursor to like death or like the death of like a spirit. Yeah. Well, you can see the connection there. Why would Fitzgerald write that scene in? Because he's bringing it back and so but he might say like hey danny the wind was blowing he was just closing he just closed it dude like i have to add continuity he could say that and be like you know what i'm an idiot i'm a moron but he probably didn't not that case in the penal colony right like 
man, it felt like things were pretty damn deliberate, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? and, well, and then I think it goes back to what you're saying. you got to know who the author is or yeah. who the painter is. And when you, can, when you know that person a little yeah. bit, you can say, I can kind of see what sure. they're trying to say yeah. with, with what they're presenting yeah. as their art. And I think it depends on the story. Like, if I were to go back and look at Harry Potter, maybe mm-hmm. the color of something doesn't mean as much in a story like that because there's all this other stuff going on that maybe J.K. Rowling isn't really getting into the nitty-gritty of colors. Yeah. But she might get into the nitty-gritty of, like, actions or, sure. you know, things the like that. The character of her, <clears throat> her, you know, yeah. each one of the kids or something where you're like, oh, yeah, that's so important. I think there's English teachers that, like, take it too far. Mm-hmm. And you try to be, like, you don't want to be dead poet society sometimes where it's just like, you know. What yeah. did you think of dead poet society? Here's the thing. I haven't even seen it. Oh, but, like, how we have you not seen it? Like, I don't know. I, you know. The only reason I watched, and I, you know, I hadn't seen it but for you know, a long I mean, time. Like, we we kind of say that when, we're, when we want to be oh, like the, the English teacher that's like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I get like that way about some Carpe things. Carpe diem. Yeah. I watched it, like, maybe two years ago because I was like, I yeah. should see this. We talk about this. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an okay movie. Yeah. But we do kind of bring it up hokey. Yeah, I mean, it's... We kind of give it a... You don't want to be that because it's like it seems played out. Yeah. Right? The last thing you want to do is be a high school student that walks into a class and the teacher's, like, posed, like, uh, deep in thought. And they're like, literature! Literature! Like, no, they, you know. Yeah. My kids want to hear me sometimes be like, I... Yeah, I don't know why that... Well, I think, I think when you are uh, can jump into that space and then you jump out, they realize, like, oh, that really was an important yeah. part. You know what I mean? Because if you're always in that, and then it's like, what's real? Them. And maybe, you know, I think one of the things that teachers do, and, I, you know, we may or may not be aware of it, but maybe we overdo it so that way we just teach them, like, think this way, think this way, think this way. Like, mm. be open to the idea that this could mean something. And then you can challenge it. Again, like, be open to new idea. Like, be able to challenge it and defend your own idea. If, yeah. you, if you're open to the idea that the blue curtains mean something, you can challenge it. Mm. And then you can defend your notion that they don't mean anything. It's all back to that. Yeah. yeah. I think, well, that you can do that with any, anything. Well, like, that's anything. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Mm. That's all it is. Yeah, I was just, when I was younger, I was like, you know, quit putting so much on something. Yeah. But then, and I didn't know, you know, you tell me about the mustard thing and Breaking Bad. Now I kind of want to go back and watch Breaking Bad and see Yellow. Yeah. And I bet I would see Yellow all up and down that thing. Yeah. And I bet you're right with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, did I make that great revelation? No. Somebody had to show me. I but did they show you on a different piece and said yellow means this or did you connect that from breaking bad no know? somebody literally made a video and they're like here's all the time yellow shows up oh and yeah like, oh, yeah cool. Yeah, you're like, that does show up a lot yeah. yeah but it happens from studying it you know mm-hmm. like i've read the great gatsby like a thousand times by now like i you know i've i've read in the penal colony a couple dozen yeah and then like even as we were looking over it yesterday like i found new things that i was like oh maybe that means this you know mm-hmm. like, blah, blah, blah. And you'll do that any, every, time every time you read that. Every time you read something. Every time yeah. you listen to something. Mm-hmm. Listen to a song. And sometimes you're like, I didn't even notice that. Like little mu- music thing. Sure. That's the beauty of like art, right? Is that there's always something new. Yeah. You notice know, like background instruments yeah. and you're like, oh, I didn't even know that yeah. was in there. You can look at a painting and you can see it for what it is the first time. And then the second time you can look at the specific details. You can look at the facial, you know, you can try to get the deeper meaning. And then maybe on the fourth and fifth time, you're looking at the texture of the mm. paint on the canvas. Does that have some like part to play? Yeah. Right. Maybe I always hated when they did that because I never got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's my own ego being like, that's sure. not it, because I don't see it. But, like, really, did I really spend enough time yeah. looking at that piece it's like because, that guy did? It's because sometimes we look at modern art and we're like, mm-hmm, yeah. 
Okay. Nice lines, bro. Yeah, yeah. And so, but again, open yourself up, I challenge know. it, defend. I know. Open, challenge, defend. Open, challenge, defend. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's with anything. Yeah. I like that a lot. And turn that into a shirt. Hey, yeah. that'd be a powerful shirt. Yeah. And then people would ask you about that, and you go on that. Yeah. And then you could change their life. You know what? If you want real influence, just make, you know, you make that the, uh, uh, pretext or intro to your podcast and just be like we're the t- no I'm kidding okay. like, yeah I jump run with that yeah you're like I'm oh, like that's beautiful yeah. I start yeah make that a yeah, company no, it's, yeah. it's not not a new idea but you know I like it though I'm, I'm glad you brought it you up it and simple. I'm gonna try to um, I'm you know I'm gonna try to absorb that and sure. hold on to that because I think so much information you know we're yeah. reading information we're watching so much coming in that it's like absorb some of this stuff yeah. and remember some of this stuff so when I'm shitting on someone for Whatever. Yeah. Being a gatekeeper like I am. Sure. Hey, bring it back. We're all gatekeepers, though. Right? I know. Yeah. I know. But again, I'm ex- you know I'm excited about your podcast and thanks, where man. it's headed. Thank you, sir. It's gonna be fun. Well, thanks I for- think we did about two and a half hours yeah, from what I'm seeing. What a trip! I know. People are gonna be like, "What? Why am I listening to these people?" They might, or yeah. might they might enjoy it. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really yeah. do hope anyone that's listening actually enjoyed this podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's next. I don't know what's next sure. with this thing. It's all kind of, we're figuring it out yeah. as we go. This was episode one. Yeah. Which I, it's an honor. I had it's a blast. Honor. Yeah. Did you have fun? I hope yeah, you had fun. Absolutely. Great. I mean, it's just fun having a conversation anyway and to just like open up the space to be like, let's, let's have that conversation. I want to hear what you think. You know, I'd, I'd be glad to share what I think and just go from there. But yeah, no, I, I, it was an honor. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Danny Maluli. Thanks. Get it out. Thanks, brother. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, See y'all later. You did it. You made it to the end of the show. Uh, First off, I want to say thank you so, so much for listening to that episode. If you finally made it to the end here. Uh, This is the very first episode, so things are going to be changing throughout. Nothing is set in stone. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, you can actually go to the YouTube page, The Paoletta Show. Uh, These are going to be live streamed uh, every time, or you can go back and watch the videos, whatever you want to do. You can also follow me on social media. My Instagram is Jeffrey Paoletta, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, Paoletta, P-A-O-L-E-T-T-A. Or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm honestly not that good at social media. I need to get better. Um, But give me a follow. Say hi. Say what's up. Tell me what you thought of the show. Leave comments at the show. Like, subscribe, whatever whatever you do. Uh, I just really appreciate you listening to the first episode. Uh, We're new into this. I'm new into this. I'm going to be learning as I'm going, getting better, tweaking things as we go. And um, we'll see where this goes. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Be safe. Uh, Much love. Bye-bye.